This is Comic Shenanigans Episode 12, Top 5 Favorite Spider-Man Stories. Welcome to the show. This is episode 12, top five favorite Spider-Man stories. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and I'm sitting here with... Nathan Strzok. Amber Strzok. And Paul Scorez. All right, we're going to jump right into the episode today. Uh, actually, before we do, I just want to preface this by saying these are our own personal favorite stories that involve Spider-Man. They're not the best, uh, just like with our X-Men show. So if you do disagree, feel free to let us know. You can uh, email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing your responses. But let's just uh, jump right into our top five. Nate, why don't you get, lead us off? Okay. Um, I, I'm going to put the book on the table. In, but don't hit the table. I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm stopping hitting on the table. <laughs> Um, so, JMS's first arc of Amazing Spider-Man with John Romita Jr. called Coming Home. Uh, this is the Moreland arc. This is also the arc where we're introduced to Peter Parker as being totem- totemic in nature, his powers, right? He's the representative of the spider totem. It's interesting because this is the type of storyline that kind of echoes and ripples through the rest of the Spider-Man universe in, I'd say, actually subtle ways. JMS is not subtle about it. But uh, other comics on my list kind of uh, uh, allude to this storyline, the idea of him being a representation of the spider. Um, Now, whether or not you agree with him being a uh, scientific creation, right, the child of the atom, or uh, mystical in nature, uh, I actually don't like all the mystic storylines that that come from this, but I do like the question that gets asked. I like the idea of um, uncertainty and you can choose to believe what you want, um, either way, it is interesting also to note that Peter Parker's villains, his, his rogue gallery, are very much um, totemic in nature. All these uh, different animals. You have the puma. You guys can help me out. Octopi. That's the first one you went to was the puma? Oh, puma. You not go Dr. Octopus. Black not cat the even li- to a degree. Not the lizard, scorpion. but puma. Rhino. Yep, scorpion. Anything else from you, Paul? Think of anything we missed? You got the rhinoceros, uh, right? You got the rhino. Oh, I love him. We got Mrs. Doctor Octopus. We've got Mrs. Rhino, Mrs. Lizard. God. Mysterio has a fish bull head. Wow, vulture. Well, that's not not any less reaching, I guess. Um, I think that John Romita's pencils in this are actually very solid, very cohesive. He's usually very, very rough and, and heavily inked. And just looking at the pencils in this, I mean, they're very clean for John Romita. When he takes his time, he actually has. Some yeah, decent that's the only time you like and his I think, right, Paul? Absolutely. Well, that's fair. And plus, there's no one with like mushed up faces there, like not the way he not, was at in the like, end. Wow, not like in the '90s though. Um, Nine, there's I no love, '90s mushed. Do you faces. love that I love how I love the crushed glass when he uh, just crushed or smashed? I lost track of what glass. I love there. Because he loves he loves drying lines. Like so look at crushed glass, glass everywhere. Is a yeah. Opportunity for yeah, him. yeah, and he does lines. that a lot in the in the eyepieces too. And stuff and the coloring is really nice on this too. I will admit that this is probably the strongest uh, Vermita's work on Amazing Spider-Man in this period. I didn't like a lot of it. I liked it when it first started, and actually, I, I agree with you. I like the idea of the question of the totemic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were I, shaking your head while I was talking, so well, that's always a good Well, <laughs> the more you've talked, the more I realized that I did really enjoy it when it first came out, but I'll, I think it's been colored by a lot of what came later is affected how I enjoy it now, which isn't fair to the original story. So I, I, I can see where you're coming from in terms of liking the questions that, that it poses. I just, I'm such a, I don't like a lot of what came from it that it, it, it ruins part of it for me. 
You love crushed glass. Yeah, I, I I'm gesturing it. my finger silently to crushed glass. <laughs> Not even listening to what Adam's saying while he's talking. Look how he hits that car, though. Yeah, no, there's a lot of Enjoy action it. there. This yeah. is... <laughs> I also think that, that JMS's um, uh, rendition of his narrative, like getting in Peter's head, he does a really good job. In the very beginning, um, there's a sequence where he goes into a, a building under construction, and he's just got, you know, he's just got him working some anger out, and he starts smashing the building down. I have that cute little, mm-hmm. um, almost funny moment where uh, the building crashes, and the guys who are doing the demolition before, you know, who are scheduled to, demoli- to demolish the building, okay, that's lunch, take five, kind of thing. And the guy, the worker he draws, is a stout kind of worker guy, and I think it works. <laughs> also, seeing uh, Ezekiel for the first time, I he's a dude do- using his powers. He calls him by his name. I agree with it's, that. What is this mystery? What's going on? It draws you in. What, um, did they, what did they end up doing? The, see, I, again, I love Ezekiel, but then I, they didn't do much with him that was that good, and then they the kind of ruined him by the end. The to his, yeah. Is not so, I, again, there's so much in this that I guess I forget that I enjoy because it's been ruined by what came later. Okay. Two more things I want to note because okay. I know I don't have a lot of time. Okay. Um, I do like Moreland as a villain. I think he's interesting that he's a guy who goes around just sucking. He's, a, he's an energy vampire. Okay. Cool. I like vampires. He's Exodus. Um, <laughs> more of uh, yeah, yeah. He's Morbius, but he's very like he's like a Stonewall type of character. Like whenever Peter hits him, he just kind of takes the and, and glances mm-hmm. off of him. Um, I really like this scene at the end after he survives almost death from um, from uh, the fight, and he goes to a rooftop and he starts praying. And Peter Parker has been described as mostly secular, but when they were pushed to it, they said he's Protestant. Yeah. And in this moment, it felt very honest. And he just says, hello, God, this is Peter Parker. Can I ask a favor? And he's just this honest prayer. And he says, I know I've been through a lot. I know you and I don't get along very well. But what I just went through almost killed me. Can you not put me through something like that just for a little while? Can I have a little bit of a breather? Of course, it's Peter Parker. Because right? if you don't, one day I'll eat his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after this, actually, there's a storyline with Aunt May, right? Where there's not really villains. It's actually, can I point out one, one, one thing, one thing that, makes, that makes me laugh now? That uh, the first arc then ends with a prayer to God. Right. And the last arc, JMS writes, has a deal with the devil. Oh. Oh. Look at that. So kind of but the last arc was not written by him. It was written It was duress. originally written by him. But by um, uh, lots of uh, editorial even, interference. Even with a gun to his head, he still wrote it. Um, and you know what? I, 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 can't, I don't know, like I'm name dropping, but I, I did like this so much that at a convention, I brought this up at a panel to JMS. And I said, just, I want to thank you for that. I thought that was very honest, and it was very good to hear from someone who's religious to hear a character who's not overshadowed by his religious moment, but he's a, having a human moment. Even an atheist in a foxhole, they say, can be a believer. And JMS said, um, well, actually, I'm an atheist myself, so that's very comforting to hear you say that, because I didn't really know how that would read. Hmm. And I said, I, you know, I echoed my sentiment that I feel that comics don't deal with religion very well, with the exception of a few really good pieces. And Ben just was at the panel, too, and he just kind of said, I agree, and I never got a chance to talk to him about it, about if he was ever going to do something uh, with religion. But anyway, um, I don't want that to overshadow what, how I feel about the book or the reasons why I like the book. I thought this was an excellent start to that arc. Um, I identified the JMS run as my, one of my favorite runs from Spider-Man. Hmm. It's the centerpiece of my Spider-Man collection with all of its faults. It has many. Yes. Um, but I still enjoy it. So. Okay. Anyone else want to comment on his pick before we move on to the next one? No. No. Because <laughs> we want to hear what Amber has to say. Yeah. Oh, we go one at a time. Okay. I'm Amber, and I'm new, so I don't know all the rules. I'm sorry. Um, my first pick is actually not from the 616 universe. It's uh, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, and I'm not trying to be girly or stereotypical, but I think <laughs> these but... are really nicely written Spider-Man stories, and I think they're Spider-Man stories, you know, at, at the heart, when he was like a teen, and he was struggling, and he was... You know, 
two girls in his life and he dates Firestar briefly and he doesn't know what's going on. And the arc I picked is um, is the volume one arc Super Crush. And I, I picked it out of all the series, which I think you should read regardless of whether or not you like digest-sized manga style <laughs> It is actually, I, it is very good. It was yeah. my secret shame at the comic book shop. They used, to, they used to hold to the side and be like, I've got that, I've got I've that, that issue that, for you. People item. probably thought I was ordering porn, but no, it was, it was ordering Spider-Man. The porn was also there, but <laughs> on top of the porn. Yeah. No, actually, underneath the covering, porn. Yeah, that's right. Covering <laughs> Spider-Man. The, 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 the porn was less embarrassing. Yeah. It was old lady grandma boobies. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm thinking of Happy, um, not Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Oh, thank like, you. It's those, like the worst porn magazines in the world. It's like Grandma Monthly or something. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Please continue. It's gross. Um, <laughs> but there's a really great moment because it's a, it's sort of Mary Jane's story and Spider-Man is an accessory to it and she's like a teenage girl and she's in love with this superhero because he saved her and, um, Spider-Man is obviously, he's, he's attracted to her because Peter Parker's attracted to her, so he sort of flirts with her, and he tells her that he'll, he'll take her out, and he can, she can go on a date with Spider-Man, and she's so excited, and she's getting ready to go, and Peter Parker shows up her, at her door and says, don't go with him, go with me. I like you, and I can be here for you, and I can be normal for you, and she turns him down. To go out with Spider-Man. I forgot about that. And it was just such like a tragic scene. And then he's been rejected by her. And then she shows up to go on this date with Spider-Man. And he's built a web for her. And he shows her the city. And she thinks it's amazing. And then later realizes like, oh no, I've rejected Peter. But by then, Gwen Stacy has appeared. And distracted him. And so, she took my heart too. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised he could do that. Because imagine trying to ask a girl out yeah. as yourself. With the naked you. And she rejects that. But yeah. the... The costume, the hidden you, she'll take the one that you're really not. Yeah. So the the true Peter Parker, she has rejected. Like that would such be such a phony date. And like her realization of it is interesting because he takes her on a date as Spider Man. That's like a romantic date. Other than like the web at the beginning when he shows her everything, he takes her on like a carriage ride and he makes her a nice dinner. So he's only doing things that a normal guy would do anyways. And she realizes, oh, I don't really like Spider Man for his normal personality i only like him in the context of a hero imagine being on a date like that like uh, amber and i were driving over <laughs> here we saw one of those guys wearing those green bodysuits. oh yeah walking yeah. down the street and like just make it red and go on a date with him yeah that was the date she had some dude in a bodysuit in a carriage ride <laughs> it's quite interesting that's pretty awkward yeah i hadn't thought of it that way yeah <laughs> Got any uh, ball gags or handcuffs there with you there, Peter? Like, <laughs> just like an SNM dude, right? Wow. Yeah, I always wonder what the carriage driver thinks. I, I think <laughs> no, it's fine. the carriage driver's like a guy he's And then you're on a date, right? And it's best for guys to like wear thick pants or a jean maybe on the first date. <laughs> they don't know what's going to move. Especially teenage boys. And this teenage boy is in a skin-tight onesie. I wow. don't know about that. Why do you have to soil such a that's delightful the, sweet That's the direction I'm not going using any filthy language. I'm saying as a reality check here, okay, to comic books. Because oh, that's you. what it needs. <laughs> okay, that's what it needs. Not a smart move. Okay. Yeah. Keep your legs crossed. Peter. Uh, That's what I wear a cup. I guess he yeah. must. He must wear a cup of some sort. Hopefully. But in the whole, this is the beginning of it, and the whole Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane series, I think, is a neat retelling of Spider-Man's origin, and I think it benefits from being told now. Um, and I may scandalize a lot of people when I say this, I don't like really old comics. I just, I can't get into them. I don't like the over-narrated. I don't. And you I can't think, just thought it, you, no, can't just no, I can't, I'm sorry, I was Ember on this. I really yeah. have the old stuff going back to it. 
really old ghetto stuff, it's just it's a tough. But it has, yeah. it has to be old ghetto stuff. It's just older and it has a slightly different style. A lot old. of it you can skim through some of it. It's totally different. Like I I can look at it and go like, oh, I can enjoy this for its historical value or because you know it's a classic comic book. But am I going to sit down and read it and enjoy it? No, it would be something like I do a project on in school because oh, oh. like that's what I've relegated it to in my mind. It was because they didn't the tone, understand but... show don't tell. Yeah, they no. just told everything. Even when the artist drew it, they would tell you what the artist was drawing, and which is why I can read Starenko very easily. Because <laughs> oh, Starenko, yeah. he challenged that a lot. He, he made did. a lot of challenge things. So I like Starenko, but a lot of stuff is hard to read. And now you, this is a teenage telling of Peter Parker told in the modern era, so it doesn't have that same. Classic unfortunateness. <laughs> it is a lot more charming. That's the phrase. Yeah. I, the, I mean, as much as I like the old Amazing Spider-Man stuff, it is much more like wah wah. Yeah. At times, you know, like, it, and and it's a product of its time. But this is, yeah, it's much more modern. It feels. And it's much more, more sexist natural. too. What the old stuff? Like, go make me a sandwich, woman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one ever said that <laughs> no. in the Spider-Man comic. Reed Sorry, that tweeted was more, Sue more Reed Richards hey, that, than that's Spider-Man. She would come to him and she, yeah, he would say things like that. Like, go finish your vacuuming and then maybe I'll talk to you. He was really bad. Okay, but Spider-Man didn't know. Yeah, Spider-Man, no, because he was a nice guy. I guess, but, well, J. Jonah Jameson was sexist, but yeah. that was kind of... Yeah, he still is. That doesn't feel as wrong because he's a, he's a dinosaur, so you expect it. What from... about the fact that Peter always expected and waited for Mary Jane to be waiting for him in lingerie when he came home? <laughs> that was, only that was the... between panels, but you didn't see the band <laughs> where he's like, when I come home from a hard day work fighting the Mrs. Octopus, okay, I need to see you God, in a little tidy... Stop calling her that. It's Lady Octopus. <laughs> it's the dumbest character. She was okay? Dr. Octopus 2, and then yeah. she was Lady Octopus. When I, and or Scorpion. When I get home from fighting Ink? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, before we move on from Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, um, the... I, forget, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. The artist was still with the book at that time. Takeshi Miyazawa. Is that how she says it? Very now? nicely said. Okay, not even... okay good. Because uh, I don't <laughs> think that book would be nearly as enjoyable. I don't think it was without him. No, he does a fantastic job. It's very cleanly drawn. It is a slightly manga style, but it has a western edge. And the, uh, I think it's very accessible. The it Yeah, is, it's very yeah. accessible, and the outfits are great. <laughs> I don't know okay. comment on that, but like, you know Mary what? That, Jane's no, that so is fashionable, a, that is a good point. That's a point like of stereotyping. Yes. Storytelling is, is, is a very important, and what people wear is a, a part of that. Like, in yeah. a novel and prose, you're supposed to be able to describe what your characters are wearing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or in the case of another shade of gray, what they're not wearing. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of artists who can really make clothing look good and look like Mark Bagley does a good job on clothing. But if you go back to like you know Steve Ditko, Spider Man wore that suit all the time. Like sorry, not Spider Man, but Peter Parker wore that blue suit and it was ugly. Very of the day though. Very du jour. I know, but no one else wore it, and it was just it it made him seem even hotter. Anyway, yeah, no, I loved his his work on that book. The book wasn't as good once he left. Uh, let's move on, though, because I could talk about that Well, forever. I mean, here's my theory, right? Where we want to squeeze this into nothing more than two hours. Yes. Five lists. Sorry, four lists. Five on each list. It's 20. How many minutes? Five minutes each at least. No more, no less? I don't know. Okay. Mm, that doesn't seem like sad. That doesn't seem... <laughs> It'll be about a half hour for each person. Oh, that... Yeah, I guess that's, that's about what I'm right. saying. Yes. You see that? Yeah, so it's six minutes for... So if we stick to okay, around Okay, but this that. is wasting the time. Okay, <laughs> and, and whoever's listening does not care that we're no, talking about we're how to do math. Like, oh, that we're, we're doing math today. Let's get a calculator out. We, we can figure it out. All right, uh, I'll, awesome. I'll do my, my number five uh, is Craven's Last Hunt. I wanted it to be higher, but it Hacha. just couldn't be. So this is, the I guess, the latest one. Sort of the, the earliest chron- chronologically. That's fine. Yeah, Whoa, I'm cover. sorry. I'm just a jerk. <laughs> I wish I had that hardcover so bad to just flaunt it in front of me is upsetting. 
Sorry. Uh, that being said, regardless of how you have it, it still <laughs> looks great. I just recently replaced my old one. Um, no, Craven's Last Hunt is a fantastic book. Uh, Dimatteis is one of my favorite Spider-Man authors. When I was going through my list of my, my favorite issues, his name kept coming up on, on most of them. Uh, I kind of ended up, I think he only has two entries on this, uh, on my list, but, uh, Craven's Last Hunt is very psychological, very, uh, very tough to read at times because it's very, you have to be in the right mood because it's not, mm. it's not a light and happy Spider-Man story. It's it, very dark. It almost creeps sometimes a little bit of the, the narrative or the exposition creeps into Miller's or, um, yeah, I can see that. Alan's Watchmen where it's over the top. There's too much brooding. There's too much, yeah. um, too much naked man. It's not the naked man. It's, I'm talking about the, the. There is some naked man. Craven's naked all the time. I'm talking about the narration, though. Just the talking about the filth and the darkness no. and the mood. Well, that actually, kind of reminds me of, uh, of um, McFarlane's torment. McFarlane's, yeah. Because that was all McFarlane like. McFarlane was also over the top. It's dark. It's dirty. <laughs> McFarlane did it in a very cheap way. But, but this was done in a way that it was Frank building. Miller does this kind of narration all the time. Yeah, but with Demetrius, he's building to a point, a, a breaking point in all the characters. The art by Mike Zeck is fantastic. Um, it's, yeah, it is very good. It's interesting that I like it so much, but it's really not a good Spider-Man story if you think of it actually being Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the best stories generally were a little bit light, lighter than this and a little bit more colorful. This yeah, is but very it's the dark. dark. It's the black costume. It's okay. Oh, it's, I understand. Yeah. I'm just, and it doesn't take away from the fact that it's one of my favorites, but it's also, it's, it's kind of an oddity because it's not a lot of what people usually think about as being Spider-Man. Like, you would never be able to really see this done adequately on an animated series because this is just... This this doesn't fit that that version of Spider-Man. It's very dark. Uh, have you read it, Paul? No. Nope. What? Well, you're leaving here with this today. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really it. good. Uh, it's Craven's best story. This is an older story that you will be able to read. It makes no, me it makes me sad that Craven came back because it kind of undoes. Yeah, uh, the ending some of the, was so. Yeah, I mean, they, apparently there was parent groups that were upset about it because if you read the issue alone, like the issue where well, I won't ruin it. Well, I guess you kind of know. I don't think just the whole story. Okay, when Craven does something that's shocking at the end, uh, if you read Spoiler. that issue on its own, <laughs> it seems like it's advocating what he's done because it kind of glorifies it. Because if you read just that issue, none of, with no, nothing else kind of in context. Yeah, because everything else is basically the reading something out of context. Fight. Yeah, well, but uh, yes, yeah. I bought this novel for my son, and I just flipped the middle somewhere, and it seems like it's you know really. Yeah, but when you're producing an pro bestiality, thing, it's different when it's episode. Yeah, yeah. You're right. the bestiality is contextual, ma'am. If you just read the rest of the book, you'll find it's fine. Anyways, I really like Craven's book. last. <laughs> she comes back and we like, I did read it. It's amazing. I now have a new pet goat. <laughs> that is really upsetting. And so not connected at all to this conversation. Okay. I just like goat cheese. Okay. Anyways, I'm gonna, uh, Craven's Last Hunt, great, great story. Uh, you can get it in trade or in hardcover. If you can find the hardcover, it's gorgeous. It is. I'm upset just looking at it. Oh, I wish I had that. Uh, it's, it's really good. So, anyone else have anything to say about? I love when Adam looks over at my wife and says, <laughs> I "Wish I had that." <laughs> uh, um, Paul. Oh, sorry, Amber. Did you want to say something about? Well, you should want... I just say she... now because it's on my list as well? Maybe, maybe, we, maybe we yeah. Should, yeah, kind of. Yeah, since yeah. we're doubling up there. Yeah, yeah for doubling up, yeah, what, what did you want to say about it? Um, I don't know, a lot of what I wanted to say has been said, I guess. I felt that it was a great, gritty Spider-Man story, and I don't know, I don't know if you have to be in a mood to read it. Like you said, because it's not a typical Spider-Man story, and you couldn't put it on the animated series. But to me, the best Spider-Man stories are not the ones that could go in the animated series, hmm. because he feels more yeah. like... Okay. A real, genuine person instead of like, oh, I'm on a wacky adventure again. Well, can I make an, like, edit to, an edit to my comment? And this sure. is something that 
you really should take time, make sure you can read it all at once. Yeah, yeah, it because, is definitely one sitting kind I of I mean, read. yes, it was originally released as, you know, six different comics, but I think it reads a lot better if you read it all at once. It then I guess that, that sense of the building narration seems at, at times is more repetitive that way, but also does feel like you're building and you're getting somewhere and the payoff means more. If you read it an, an issue or two at a time, yes, it's kind of the way it was originally done, but it, you do lose a little bit of it. Maybe yeah. that's what I meant more as well. And I also think it's interesting to note in this one that it kind of brings up those um, those avatar themes as Spider-Man is mm-hmm. the spider yes, avatar does, yeah. and Craven's trying to take that on because he doesn't understand why he can't defeat Spider-Man and they've got like these great creepy scenes with like Craven eating spiders and poisoning himself and hallucinating and just the breakdown of his mind and then they have the yeah. the juxtaposition of how Peter's like like you said everyone's getting to the breaking point and Peter's here and he's in the ground and he's freaking out and and you learn at the at the core of him what drives him forward. And I've always thought, whenever I read a Spider-Man, like he doesn't, he's not he's not a cosmic character. He's not a team character. Spider-Man's book is a love story. Mm-hmm. And so when he's at his breaking point, when he's getting pushed to the first furthest point, what he's thinking about is his wife and the woman he loves, and and that's who he is. He's not thinking about like oh. You know, I can't be the Spider-Man anymore. I didn't oh, my pay teammates my or oh, my what nobility. Am I do? He's like, yeah. But <laughs> it, it is nice to but see. His his story is so much a love story. It was a love story when he was with Gwen Stacy and he lost her, and about being with Mary Jane and all the things they go through and, and all their struggles of Satan. marriage. And then he gave it to Satan to stay save his an extremely old, old, old lady, lady. Life. yeah, and uh, makes me bitter. <laughs> but I'm it, impressed it, it, that you picked it on your list because, as you said, you don't really like older comics, and this is over twenty. Five years this old. defies yeah. age. Well, this, I would agree, timeless. but I, I think that's important to note that you're not someone who likes the newer style. And yeah, you've gotten rid of this, some of this excessive narration, and yet this is still something that's so strong enough yeah. that you still enjoy. So but if I, you're I, if you're someone like me who goes like I don't want to go back and read older comics, this is still an older comic you can read because the narration isn't like and a spider appeared and they show a spider. It's you know all the all the narration. He was thinking about yeah. a, a kite. There's a picture of him with a thought <laughs> bubble by. of a kite. Yeah. That's how they did it, man. That's, yeah, that is how they but did this it. is isn't like... it nice though that, that you see that this theme of totems of animals being represented to humans. This isn't this is a theme that is carried out through Spider-Man's books. This is well pre JMS's run on Spider-Man. Yeah, um, and I think I prefer Spider-Man as that to to like uh, an atomic accident because there are so many superheroes that like oh they're they're radiation or they're well JMS never wipes away the idea that it could be no I know but I like the idea that it might not be that it might be that he was predestined for this and that Peter is the person who could do this and that's why they cloned him this whole idea of the relationship between oh he was cloned because someone (laughs) loved Gwen Stacy and just did yeah, it as know, well. But... <laughs> There's never a good reason. This for relationship between yeah. animal and human, and human and animal, and animals inside of us, and our connection with nature, and people who throughout the ages have dressed up in the form of animals to perform ceremonies or rituals or part of cultural, um, the meaning of animals or the symbolism of an animal within you know, a human being is ancient, right? This is an old thing, yeah. and they discuss this in these in a lot of these stories too. So it's this primal connection between man and nature that I'd like to see explored. Not every book. But every once in a while, I like when Spider-Man hits these beats of kind of this historical... Well, and I think Craven is a, a great vehicle to do that, right? Because he's a hunter, and he studies these animals and becomes like them to it destroy them. It was his only good Craven story, I though. know. But, Isn't that sad? But it's so good that the, you're like, not well... Because um, this chameleon. was the first Craven story I really oh, read, and then I'm like, I want to read more. A, I don't even know what... I didn't. Which story? <laughs> with Craven? Not with Craven, with Chameleon. Oh, when Chameleon thought he was yeah. Craven? What's that called? I don't remember... I have the issue sitting... It's like 242... Spectacular no, Spider-Man. but it has a name. <laughs> I know. I know it has a name, obviously. 
Oh, well. It doesn't matter. That's the Paul talk. Yeah, sorry, Paul. <laughs> well, it's, it's harder because you don't know the, that the comic. Yeah. No, no, it makes sense to... This what? is true. Yeah, yeah this, this, one, this one's tough for me because I don't quite have the, the legacy of uh, Spider-Man comics. I went up and down with, uh, with these books. Um, but... It's okay. We're dead air. Relax. A little, little, little bit of dead air. <laughs> so, right. um... I'm just going to throw out there, uh, I didn't do a lot of this, this is my only uh, top five uh, for this, but uh, I'm a huge uh, Clone Saga fan, and, um, you know, I named my son Ben, because of Ben O'Reilly. You said this ironically? Is this serious? Is this serious? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm... He's questioning my choices, and it's... No, 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 no. this shouldn't be... No, no. So, <laughs> more of a, I, like, I became a big fan of the Scarlet Spider, and I really liked uh, the costume and everything about Scarlet Spider, um, and I was... Like the idea of when Ben became Spider-Man because uh, for someone who didn't want to get bogged down with all the Spider-Peter Parker continuity, Ben was kind of a fresh start. So Which was, I, that's exactly what it was meant to be. Yeah. So, yeah. so at the time I was cool with that. And so I figured to, to put the one Ben story that I remember best because it combines Ben along with Onslaught is the very quick impact issue when Ben suddenly has to fight Sentinels. I at least thought that was crazy. It's a, so it's a it's total. Total. Which one? Is this, well, is this amazing, amazing or is this Spider-Man? Amazing. Amazing. 415. 415, okay. Yeah. I would go with uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Yeah? Is it because of the John Romita art? It's because of John Romita. Also, that scene hmm. where he reaches down to the sewer grating, guck, and pulls it up, and it's just really cool. And he, isn't that the one where he takes the sewer manhole cover? No, that's yours, isn't it? Yeah. He takes the manhole cover to take out the sentinel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really crazy, fun issue. That, like, something that's... Should be completely out of his league. Something he's never experienced before. Yep. I, I don't think even Peter Parker's ever fought a Sentinel. He saw he fought a Tri Sentinel without his his cosmic powers once. Anyway, Peter Parker's never fought a Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he asked. I answered. So, uh, no, I thought it was like you know both issues count, but uh, essentially the Amazing Spider one. You know, Mark Bagley's art in it was was pretty nice mm-hmm. um, for back in his time, and it was just a great. You know, a lot of the Ben stuff and a lot of Clone Saga stuff, you know, is, is up and down, obviously. But uh, it was a great issue for me to remember as I was reading the whole Onslaught epic that uh, I had a lot of fun with. Okay. I No, it was a great issue. I Some of the art didn't work for me as well, and just but I know you're usually more of a story guy than art. Uh, just because the Sentinel, when it was fighting the Green Goblin, looked weird. But otherwise, it was a fantastic issue. I loved, uh, I just even from the first page, when you just had that shot of Peter and Mary Jane in the cab, and and just and the the cabbie's like dropping a cigarette out of his mouth because they're like, what's this in front of him? And they're seeing all these sentinels. No, seeing it's Peter swing overhead right over the bridge. I don't think so. Wasn't it Ben? Open it, Ben. Oh, did, sorry. Did he Ben? Yeah, I think he then he swung right over. It turns out it actually is Peter, <laughs> and it turns out it's actually not actually Peter. Wow. So spoilers. Oh, it's in case mess. in we case know. people don't know, it's been seventeen <laughs> years. But yeah, Paul. Uh, sorry, Nate. Who's um, next? That cover, is it not, like, behind Ben as he's yeah. kind of, yes. like, going up a second? Yeah, it's oh, it's an awesome cover. It's a cover. very good cover. It's a very good cover. It's a better cover than the Peter Parker one. Yes, I would agree. Yes, yeah. entirely. Because you hate his art. I don't like Romita. But that was one of his best periods because it was dark and it was very, it wasn't lanky like he got later. Ah, oh, just so okay. good. I'm, I'm just going to pull the sucker out right now. What you got? Uh, touching on a lot of the things we've been talking about so far, um, I'm going to bring out uh, Mark Millar's Marvel Knights, Spider-Man. I will double up here on my list, too. Down Among the Dead Men. Now, Adam said I could consider his entire run, uh, along with um, Venomous. Is it Venomous? Venomous, yes. yeah. And then the last Sinister one, Sinister 12? Is, or? It's, it's not it's called four, that, though. Until it gets to the other. 
Oh, okay. Well, no, it's three three volumes. The Which fourth volumes? one was the Reginald Hudson one. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 12 issues overall. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite Dodson art, easily. 18 issues. Basically. Easily. I don't like Terry Dodson. I don't like Frank Cho. But Frank Cho and Terry Dodson dominate the art on these books, and I, I love it. It's very popcorny, bombastic, um, you know, blockbuster summer movie style no, stuff. I agree. It's very cinematic. Millar loves to throw everything in the kitchen sink. He does. <laughs> yes, when he gets a hold of a character, yeah. like the Fantastic Four and Wolverine, he just goes balls to the wall. Wolverine now is going to kill the Marvel Universe. I've, this has happened before, but I'm going to make a continuity. You know what I mean? Like, he just does whatever he wants. And out of that story came a very good character, um, Gorgon, who I love. I adore yeah. him. Out of this story it, came sorry, no It characters. also killed off Hornet, and that made me sad. Well, I, I, shouldn't, say, yeah. I shouldn't say no characters. He introduces the new Venom to the Marvel Universe in the second volume. Yes. Yes, he did. Pretty cool. I mean, at least well, he gave him new life. Well, the off the symbiote. That was a pretty... That was an easy And I did like when it went on... like actually. I did like when it was on the other guy, and then it went off of him. Yeah. killed the other guy. Like, yeah. that was kind of cool. This is also my favorite rendition of the Green Goblin costume. That version of it? the beginning okay. of the story, um, Norman is put in jail. Peter beats him in the street. Um, and he is in prison for the rest of the arc, kind of just psychologically attacking Peter. I also like how, uh, you know, it's a nice point in Peter and, and Mary Jane's life. They're also living with Aunt May. It shows a lot of scenes of them being a couple. Uh, Mary Jane is actually kind of funny and, and uh, sassy in this book. At one point, Peter says, like, we're being threatened, you're going to leave the city, and she refuses to do that. She's like, we're going to do this together. It, you can feel that kind of camaraderie. Hmm. And then he betrays Mary Jane in a way, by calling in the black cat to aid him. Mary Jane, get in a cab. Black cat, I'm going to call you up from Florida. And uh, you're going to assist me on this. Which, of course, makes MJ jealous. There's a point when Peter's in bed, all beaten up. And, and Mary Jane comes in, and Black cat is all over him, tending to his wounds. And Mary Jane is freaking out. And she's like, uh, Felicia, you can leave now. I'm here. And Felicia's like, no, I think I'll stay around. And they all get into this whole like love triangle that's thing again. Cool. But it's not, it's not a love triangle that's damaging to their marriage. It's not a love triangle that makes either one of them like an adulterer. It's just her presence there is a threat. The, you know, there's been nothing to compromise their relationship. There's been nothing that says Peter is interested in, in Felicia. It's just I like that she's there, mm-hmm. and the two girls are kind of having a tête-à-tête, at least verbally. It's a good thing Kevin Smith didn't write that issue. Right. <laughs> also, should worth mentioning, Terry Dodson drew that series. Yes, the well, art is here yeah. better. The story here is much better. Yeah. Felicia's handled much better. Yeah. Um, little great moments I love when it's revealed that the um, one of the guys who, who is the hostage taker of Aunt May is actually the Scorpion. And all you see is a man in shadow on top of a, of a set of electrical lights or mm-hmm. lines on a phone. And he's talking to Peter saying, oh, you know me very well, Peter. And he looks to have arachnid powers. And you're scratching your head going, is Ezekiel going off the deep end? Is it Ben friggin' Riley? Because we all talked about that. I do remember that, yeah. yeah. I remember thinking that. And then it was the last one we all thought about, but it should have been at the top of the list because he's an arachnid. He has arachnid powers. He's Again, he's another totem. Because he's disrespected all the time. I know he is. But I love the scorpion. I think that he can be done very well. And I, you know, I thought the best he's ever been rendered or, or depicted was actually in the Spider-Man cartoon show. His first appearance when he's green. Yep. He's such a threat. He's faster than Peter. Peter's running up walls. He runs up the wall. He's like, Peter's like, what is happening? And he's got that tail and the acid, and it's just out of control. I love that episode. And he's never been treated with such care in the comics. No. So to see him as kind of part of the mastermind, that was okay. It was neat to see. Um, I also really love how it ends up in the in gathering of a new Sinister Six, which is a Sinister Twelve. How is Peter going to get out of this? It's one of those moments. Um, it seems like there's no, how can even the logistics work out here of him getting out of this mm-hmm. pickle that he's in? Uh, Aunt May can be killed at any time. He goes and sees the Avengers, and they can't help him. Uh, it's just really neat. a great fight with Electro with his new costume, where his his, <laughs> his fins, I guess, his yeah. Electro bolts have been folded back on his mask, so he's now newer and edgier. 
I don't know. It just has everything, and I, I really enjoy it. Okay. Um, last thing I'll mention is it also has nice tie-ins to Secret uh, Secret War, because this is the first time I can recall when they, they talk about um, the villains in the Marvel universe, universe as being techno, um, uh, ad, not anarchists, techno um, t- uh, terrorists. Oh yeah, I remember that. Right? The, the There's somebody that or idea. something. Make, giving these people this advanced technology. They don't all have the capital. They don't all have the means to have this advanced technology, but they're using it to create terror on the American people. Mm-hmm. Why is this? So he introduces the idea that corporations have been uh, funding these creatures in order to um, prevent us, from, the American people, from really knowing what's going on, the secret history of the Marvel Universe, ever since World War II. Mm-hmm. He brings this idea of capitalism versus Marxism. Yep. Um, the people won't rebel and they won't revolt against their bourgeois masters as long as they have something tethering, uh, uh, distracting them. So corporations, in order to keep people like uh, complacent and their minds pliant, create see terror into this world so that they have to ask for help and that they can't think about breaking away from societal norms and all this stuff. Um, kind of cheesy, but it's a fun idea to think about. Bendis takes this idea and runs with it in Secret War, talks about their literal being techno-terrorists, and Doom is kind of funding them as well, and um, just a lot of fun came from this, I thought. And that was kind of a tag team of Bendis and Millar picking up on each other's plot threads. Yeah. And I thought it was handled well, unlike Sentry, which, who I love, but his the different ideas that are introduced by each new Sentry arc are usually fumbled by the next writer. Sorry. Since oh. you, you had this on your list as well, yeah, right? Yeah, unless it covers everything. I did cover everything. Um, no, another good thing I liked about it is, um, again, another great jumping on point for a lot mm. of the stuff that's going on with, in, in the midst of JMSs around the time. Um, you, This is a very accessible book that you can pick up, and it had a lot of familiar faces. People were, were, were lost in the buggy down and cutting new nonsense. It was right in there, and it was very colorful and fun. Um, and it also, you know, eventually leads up to you know him during the Avengers as well. Mm. Um, so it's a great build up. And um, uh, wasn't there an issue in there when he raided the Avengers? He runs into the Avengers. It's yes. typical Peter Par- right style. He jumps in, destroying the security to demand he needs some help, and is <laughs> astonished when you know they start trying to beat him up. Well, how did he originally try to join the Fantastic Four? He Pretty breaks they... into the building. <laughs> And demands to be carded because they, he figured they're getting a lot of money, which yeah. they actually we later, later learned that they do make a lot of money off inventions. But yeah, at the time, yeah. he's like, "Who's paying you? I want to get a hit on this." Um, <laughs> but he's only like a gangster, the Good way you right. Well, it's kind of irrational thing to do. <laughs> um, well, he was a kid; he needed money. So His Paul, aunt May needed money for the house. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, prostitution scene? <laughs> was that Electro with a, being a bisexual? Um, there's, uh, not, he he's, <laughs> he goes into essentially. Um, a burlesque house, I guess, would you yes. call it? Or a, no, that sounds right. Uh, and there is one of the girls there is a shape-shifting mutant. And he, yeah. she asks, would you like to be with Sue Storm tonight? Or maybe uh, Wanda Maximoff? And starts listing off the sexy ladies of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, is that creative and fun? Or what would you think of that? Well, it's... It's something different, right? And yeah. we're getting, it's a prostitution it a, scene. Yeah, it was getting to a point where... It's a very Malar thing to do. It was, it, was, it was dirty enough to be, you know, to work... Mm-hmm. But not to s- sully the book, right? Yeah. And how disappointed were we when we didn't he end up with like Marina or whatever, the girl from Alpha Flight? Mar- <laughs> is that how you pronounce her name? Marina. Marina. Mar- Mar- Marina? Marina? I, I think the, I think I she ends up remember. with like yeah. That's awful. <laughs> it's like of all the girls you could pick in the Marvel Universe, I think he he ends up in bed with her. Or, or no, she just shapeshifts into her. Okay. As a suggestion. 
Why would that be any? Why would it, that means that someone has picked it at some and point? And then she thinks room. it's popular yeah. I guess enough. yeah. She's memorized it. You know, because she was dead at this point. Like she's not even around. I don't even know who would know her. I also, this has also got that scene uh, where I think that influenced the Amazing Spider-Man movie, where the the cops defeat Peter and they get his mask off. And I thought that was that, more from Ultimate Spider-Man. They had a good, they had the same kind maybe, of scene. Maybe, but there. I also find it very iconic in here where he, there's that scene, that, uh, a final page, a cliffhanger page, where there, there's a SWAT member pulling Peter's mask up and then it cuts to the end of the book and you have to see him fight the, the SWAT team. I don't know. I, I thought of that when I saw the, Avengers, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man movie. Okay. Oh, owl. Alright, um, I'm gonna do the other next because uh, Paul keeps pick on, picking on me for having it on my list. <laughs> I know only half the art is good. I know that. Which half? <laughs> yeah, which half is good? I don't remember. His Diodato. Name. Diodato. Well, I love Diodato. Isn't that the third? I always forget his name. Yeah, fair enough. She doesn't yeah. mind Pat Lee. Yeah, but right I like Pat Lee. But she agrees yeah. with me that Weringo is not. Weringo oh, sucks. Come Pat on. Lee is okay. Whoa, Diodato's Pat, good. Weringo does not suck. Yeah, he kind of sucks. sucks. Whatever, you guys, you guys his sense suck. Of, his sense of form is off. His panel work is I not. I feel bad for Ringo now that I've said that, but I, I well, just he's, really he's don't dead. like his stuff. He's just dead? because someone's yeah, deceased doesn't he passed mean... passed away. He's a great artist. Look, Someone else passed away recently who was a better artist. Who? <laughs> Joe Kerr. Oh, Joe Kuber? Joe Kuber, yeah. Well, Michael yeah. Turner. It's not really fair. Michael Turner. That was years ago. Why don't you... I will say Weringo was a better artist than Turner. Well, he Turner was fantastic. Weringo, anyway, I'm not going to get upset about it, but... Turner was good at posters and covers. Yeah. His ladies were sexy. His ladies um. were sexy. That's all he did was sexy ladies. You know what? Sexy I think men. Jim Lee nowadays is kind of only good at posters and covers. You think so? His hush was at least disappointing. His hush was good. Hush disappointing? Hush was good. What? The story didn't make any sense. It didn't. Oh, okay. that's... When you read that story, it doesn't make any sense. But the art's still Who was Hush? Is it the And other? the art is mostly... When you look at the art, it's mostly just <laughs> like posters. It still looks good. It's good because and it's there's, And there's still some action in there. Okay, His sorry, new Justice Amber, stuff is worse. Yeah. I apologize, Amber. Yeah. Okay, so this is good Everyone, because... Sorry. This is good because it has a lot of great character moments in it for Peter like Parker. Like when he eats his face? <laughs> okay, he tears out his eye. He tears out his eye and eats his eye. He doesn't eat oh, his no. face. No, <laughs> doesn't he later on? Like, does he eat his face? Start feasting on him. He oh, yeah, devours him as a spider-like yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And then Peter yeah. gets all spidered out. Okay. And then gets the but, spikes out yeah, of his wrist. Yeah, he gets all like freaky... And yes. get spidery powers, Snicks. and I think that was really cool. I thought it was like I don't way know. too far. I don't know. Yeah. Way too I'm with Paul. No, on this I liked one. it. I liked it. And uh, again, this is I'm not saying that it's the best, and everyone <laughs> yeah. must like it. But I, I really not. liked it. And I'm like, oh, this is freaky. And I love the concept of the other, and just that sort uh, the of concept was great. Poetical it's parallel Saturday. that there's like you're one and I'm the other and which one are you? Are mm-hmm. you the dark side or the light side? And coming out of the cocoon and I think his death and Mary Jane's reaction was handled really well and I like anything where Wolverine appears and it's, it's on redheads and it's skeezy <laughs> and yet still understanding and awesome because he hits on her when she's grieving but he's like I knew I had to do that because I'm Wolverine and I know everything about the human condition. <laughs> oh my god. This is and, also uh, famous for the uh, blowjob scene in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's got the classic Spider-Man being blown by his wife. <laughs> I don't remember this show sure. yeah yeah Seriously? it's like um they're they're talking and it's oh, just a darkened yeah. room and she's just mumbling that can be her only response because he's talking about something and then else. her head comes up and she pops up and complains that Who he's not focusing this, this is how david of course yeah. this is no way yeah oh peter <laughs> you, what do you expect from peter david more than that she goes back down they're the... a loving couple yeah. and apparently he complains to her <laughs> About his life oh my during God. intimate moments. <laughs> oh my God. And she has to come up for air and tell him, Peter, 
you need to. She says like, yeah. I need to focus right now, and I think you should focus right now on the matter oh, at hand. Seriously? I feel underappreciated. Yeah. It's oh inauthentic to a man. It's, it's so tongue in cheek. It's so winking at the camera. It's over the top. But there are a few moments like this, like when at the end of it, he, uh, Mary Jane's uh, arm gets broken, and right they wonder why Mary Jane's bro- arm is no longer broken, yeah. and they'll look at the camera. Well, that was that, after. That was later. I know, yeah. I know, but this but comes from the like, story. That was oh, fun. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was, was a great moment after that. That, that was over that the was top? To that it. was Look, funny. Looking at the camera? The fourth wall. That was a nice wink. That was a wink. That's just lewd. But yeah, I like... It's not lewd unless it's depicted. You didn't even know it was there, so... Well, I probably... I forgot about it. I don't think you even knew. I like, I like how this <laughs> also shows... Once you show me, I knew. It's my turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so demanding. It's okay. We explain these guys I, the whole way. I, I was know. just in the corner. Nathan's like, oh, I'm worried I'm going to talk over you. I'm like, yeah, I do it. And he's just not stopping. Um, I like <laughs> how, also how this shows Peter Parker's place in the Marvel Universe. That, like, he... He is a re- he's not the most powerful, but he's sort of a respected member of the community, and everybody knows he's a hero, and they see him as a heroic person, and he's going to, like, T'Challa and Strange and Reed, and everyone knows mm-hmm. Peter, and they all want to help him out, because he's, well, he's not at, in their league, as it were, even. They all know, like, you know what? He is doing his best, and he's doing something that we can't do at the street level, and they want to try and save him, and I think it's a great emotional thing for his family that he's he's dying and when he comes back and he's like i'll never leave you again mm. and i was like oh it was a it was not the best written or the best drawn but it was a very touching story and it was a great i think it was a great evolution of the character and i'm sad that they sort of abandoned everything that happened in here later yes they did most of all the other which i thought yeah, was an interesting character. I thought the other was yeah. a great new character and i think a lot of spider-man's villains run the risk of being like sort of a a, a kitschy sort of caricature of a villain that he doesn't have a serious rogues gallery you mean like the villain introduced in this very story at the beginning by peter david the looter no not the looter uh what was he called i don't know it's just pictures i I saw him there he's like he's like at the kitchen table or something wasn't he the tracer yeah this guy he's got like little gizmos and stuff that's stupid yeah but then even fusion from peter paul jenkins run the the other is like this great psychological and physical counterpart to but Peter. And like to be fair, it was here. only interesting because we didn't really know what it was. Partially. And yeah. the potential of what it could be become. And maybe another Venom, as it were, right? Another kind of opposite Spider-Man, but from himself. Right? Not being an alien, yeah. it's like an actual spider creature from him. It's not that this is something else him. that interact with yeah. him. This is him. And this is, again, that theme of Peter being totemic, and that's another reason I really like this story. It's a little even Jekyll and Hyde, too, right? That... that um, mm-hmm that there's this other version of me. Yeah. And I will say, this isn't on my list, but I think of this story fondly. Um, I was reading it at a time in my life when I, that I remember fondly, and I was reading it at a time um, of, this, I suppose, a good nostalgia. Uh, so while it's not hitting on all cylinders, there are moments that I enjoy, and I think that I just remember the moments that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and I think that I forget all the moments I don't. Because when I looked at this trade... I see a lot of moments that I don't like, and I'm like, I don't remember this. So it's a, it's a, like a I, forgetting and remembering. Thing. I envy you for that because I remember <laughs> liking the, I like, I like the first little bit, and then it just went downhill, mm. and I just, I and I, I, I guess I also didn't like the MacGuffin. Of, you know, he's dying, but nothing can save him. It's just like Aunt Mabel was gonna die, but nothing could save her either. Mm. Like it just. It's because she's old. She's supposed to. Now, die. Amber gave some interesting <laughs> um, uh, thoughts to how this is connected to Craven's Hunt. Do you remember what you were saying about that? No. They're kind of... They have, they have very <laughs> well, similar... Like, that was really something. exciting. Okay, there are similarities between the two. That Peter dies in yeah, the other. Yeah, he dies okay. in Craven, dies he in dies Craven. in the other. It's about becoming the spider. And there's these images of like, he goes into this vision of like, his spider Yeah, and Craven has a similar God. thing. And Craven has the exact same... It's spider. almost the exact same yeah. thing. These scenes of this giant spider that he's communicating with. 
Yeah. It's like they read that story and said we have to do our own version of it. There's a lot of similarities between yeah. them. Yeah, like we and need to have cool. Peter have this same spiritual journey with the spider that Craven. Now I'm going to say something that might be very unpopular. Oh, I can't wait for this. But many big characters have death stories. The death of Superman, the death of Batman, which recently happened. I would argue that America. this is actually the most palatable death of character storyline. Because I hate the death of Superman, the death of Batman was a joke... The death of Wolverine, I don't even know what that was. He goes to hell or something? Like, something like that. He's died a few times. The death of Cyclops, how he became Cyclops Apocalypse. Like, a lot of these Cyclops, character stories... Cyclops. 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 Good old Cyclops. Um, I used are to think terrible. Apocalypse was named after his lips when I was a little kid. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That I was eight. Sense. Which, all I'm saying is it doesn't say much for how character deaths are even treated. So it's not really a shock that we don't care about their storylines. We know they're okay. not going to stick, and they're not told that fairly well. But was this you know, time pushed to be the death of Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was supposed to be the death of Spider-Man. When he died in that issue, it was the death of Spider-Man, and they're like, oh, look, I can't remember back. it that way. Oh. That, well, see, I, I, I read this at a time before the world solicits and all the mm. madness had kicked in, so I was enjoying the Marvel Knights run, and then this continued it, so I, I went really into it thinking, So okay, you read the Reginald Hudlin stuff that came out of Mark Millar's? Book where yeah. like with Superman but not Superman. Yeah, oh, was what was that guy's name? Awful. It was Superman. Awfulness. Well done. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, well, I guess we'll move on from the other. Yes. Now that you all know why it's awesome. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> uh, my number, I guess, my number four pick is uh, it's kind of connecting two single issues and a storyline, but it's all thematically connected, and uh, it's the. What I, I called it the, the Harry Osborne Mendel Breakdown Saga. But it's not, like, <laughs> technically a saga. Uh, you basically, collect that and call it that. Well, it kind of, yeah, they kind of have, but not all of it. Uh, so I have... By the way, where's Harry Osborne now? He's <laughs> raising his child somewhere. His dad and his wife's child. What a waste. His dad and his fiance's. Let's they, make sure that we bring Harry Osborne back into this universe I know. and get rid of him. Well, it's just that they brought back... They kept Aunt May alive, and now she lives in Boston I, with J. Jonah Jameson's dad. It's such a yeah. useless her husband. thing to do. Anyway, anyway that's not the best of. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at, uh, let's see, Spectacular Spider-Man 178 to 184, which is the child within 1 to 6 and the aftermath issue. Also, Spectacular Spider-Man 189, which is the 30th anniversary special, and Spectacular Spider-Man 200. Um, these are all thematically related. They're all by uh, J.M. DeMatteis. De They're all uh, done art by uh, Sal Buscema. The six, well, seven, really seven-part Child Within storyline is, it's actually a... Uh, more or less a sequel to Craven's Last Hunt because uh, Vermin's been messed up because of what ha- what Craven beat the crap out of him in Craven's Last Hunt. So it's all about what happens to Vermin next uh, and the idea of... Which we were all burning to know. Well, in childlike innocence and at the same time we're seeing Harry Osborn is starting to have images of his dad and images of, of Spider-Man. He's starting to remember that Peter Parker was Spider-Man and he's got these two conflicting ideas in his head so he actually finally snaps and becomes the Green Goblin again. Um, and at the end of the storyline, he's he's kind of gone off the reservation. He's absolutely crazy again, which leads into Spectacular Spider-Man 189, where he kind of abducts his family for like a, a tea party, like a dinner party, and Spider-Man crashes it, and then it all leads into Spectacular, yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man 200, where Harry Osborn dies. Uh, it's a very sad saga of this guy who is just has no mental stability in his life. 
Um, you know, his dad was horribly abusive, not physically, but just mental, mentally. Well, there are indications he actually was. He could have been, but, uh, so he was driven to like this breaking point and then he tried to kill Peter and Peter was like, uh, in the, at the end of Child Within, Peter just kind of gets down on the ground and puts out his arms. He's like, if you want to kill me, just do it. And you just, this shot of Green Goblin just racing towards him and finally at the last moment he breaks off because he can't do it. So as much as he's trying to be his father's son, trying to be the Green Goblin, he still can't kill Peter Parker. And then... I mean, he, that's a recurring theme because then in Spectacular Spider-Man 200, he finally has a plan that he's going to kill himself and Peter at the same time. But then he ends up not being able to do it, and also because Mary Jane was in the was in the building with uh, Harry's son, and Harry like takes off to to rescue both of them, and Mary Jane's like, "Where's Peter?" And then he realizes he can't let Peter die, so he races back into this building and just escapes in time, but then collapses himself because his uh, his serum was unstable and killed him. But it's just, I'm sad that they brought him back in some ways because it kind of lessens that whole sad story of Harry Osborne. But I don't know, I, I like it a lot. It's very, very much jammed in Demetrius. Really good Salbusema artwork. I have to say Salbusema is one of the most underrated artists. I would agree. He's he, had very long, good. he had a long tenure too. He and is really good. And in this storyline, I would, I would also agree that, um, you haven't said it, so I guess I can't agree with it. Would you agree yes. that this is another example of an older story that is a lot more readable than many other stories that are even newer than it? I, I would say yes. In terms of the pacing and the panel work no. by Sal, I think he does very good panel work. I do. I think, yes. I think part of that's not just the artwork, but also Dimiteus understands pacing as well. And how to, make, how to make stories psychological and how to make it still gripping and not beat you over the head. But, I mean, you've, you've given two stories, with one with Zach and one with Buscema. Like, these guys are really good. These guys are titans. So I think that this really makes them more readable than they would have. Even, without, even with Mateus' script, I think that... You oh, you, you, you are too. right. They're, they're they're masters of their own medium in their own way. They know what they're doing. They know how to they use the traditional panel style. Like there's a lot of panels, but they don't feel cluttered. They don't feel too small. You're getting exactly what you need to, and there's a lot of storytelling prowess in them. I enjoy this story too. Have you read The Child Within or just the number two hundred and one eighty nine? Maybe I'm just thinking of Child Within. Do, um, Child Within has Molten Man. No. No? You're thinking of the anniversary story. Oh, then I... That, well, maybe I read them all and I'm just thinking of him. Possible. He came the Child Within, I think I'm most pretty sure people, I've read them all. Most people forget The Child Within because it's not, it's not collected anywhere and no one really cares about it. I think you it. gave this to me to read and I read it. That sounds like something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it is really good. Uh, this I would like to see in trade. I would buy this in trade. I mean, they have uh, the... I believe the 189 and the 200 is in a trade, which is, I believe, Son of no, the no, God. no, no, no this, which you're holding in your hands. I'm saying two of the issues that I'm holding nope. in my hand. I want all of it. You want all of it. Okay. No, I'm, well, I'm going to take what you have there. I'm going to put what bindings on them. <laughs> two of the issues I have in my hand are already in the collection, but the rest is not. Shiny covers, too. Yeah. No, yeah well, are they shiny covers in the collection? No. Oh, that's not as good. So sad. That's how not I used necessary. to buy my comics when I was a child. I'm like, is it shiny? We'll shiny. buy that is one. A hologram? I'm always <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can tell when you bought your comics. Yeah. <laughs> is there a pog in it? If there's a pog, I'm there. <laughs> no, but collector cards that came in like a shiny Collector cards. Yeah. Onslaught cards. Couldn't help myself. All right. Paul. What's next one? I'm sorry. I had to step out there. That's okay. No one noticed uh, until you mentioned. Yeah, They're yeah. just like, man, that Paul guy is really quiet. Yeah, funny, just yes. like always. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so next. Uh, so I think I'll double dip on the next one. So this one... Um, double dip? Is this an X-Men story? No. Well, then how is it double dipping? No. Um, so I'm going to go to Ultimate Spider-Man cool. um, with my next choice. And I don't want to go... 
was the entirety of it, so I'll just stick to the... Because I would, I would cry foul on <laughs> yes. you. Yes. So, can't get your mind. 130 issues, go to hell. Yeah. So no, I'll, just, I'll start with the first arc, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and I, I'm sure there's plenty of good stuff in and out of the whole entire run. But, again, with Spider-Man, for me, again, I jumped in, jumped off, jumped in, jumped off, I, I, for various reasons. And um, there came a time when this came out, and it was absolutely wonderful. This was my Spider-Man book. I think it was for a lot of people for uh, for a long period of time because it was completely accessible. They didn't do anything too crazy to make it too different, um, to make it um, weird and, and not likable by people who are very loyal to the 616 stuff. Um, incredibly consistent throughout. We have the same artist. We have the same writer. Um, and to this day, it's still doing... It's, it's, it's the only reason the Ultimate Universe, I believe, still lives is because of Ultimate Spider-Man at the end of the day. Apparently it's in Jeff Loeb's contract, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> can't stop myself. Um, but just such an enjoyable um, book and run, and, and the first arc alone, just to get you back into it and to start fresh from Spider-Man and to bring in a whole... I think it helped bring in a whole new generation of fans um, to it. And I think even to a point, it was one of the be- Marvel's best-selling books, bar none, um, over anything they were producing at the time. Anyway, so I think it was a beautiful, fresh start. I think it was a great um, series um, as a whole. They did so much good stuff. Um, the way they handled Uncle Ben and MJ and Gwen, and they brought everything together. And I'm going off on too many cra- too many tangents, I guess. But um, also Spider-Man. Because you like Uncle Ben's ponytail? <laughs> Made them hippies. Yeah, they're hippies. It works. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, anything to add about that? Um, I would agree a lot with that. I mean, uh, just thinking of how he said this is a jumping on point, sold a lot of copies. I know several young individuals. Uh, I was a leader of a youth group at the time this book was coming out who started to read comic books because of Ultimate Spider-Man. And they had heard of Ultimate Spider-Man, either on the internet or through friends or whatever it was. And this was the time when Marvel's new trade policy was coming into effect and they were just putting everything in trade and they were really pushing it aggressively and they're getting it into into, uh, bookstores on bookshelves and you could walk in a bookstore and they would have it in the front and it wasn't hidden in the back underneath a drippy, you know... (laughs) (laughs) What bookstore is it? A drippy ceiling, you know, those back corners. Yeah, so it was really good on Marvel to do it. Um, right time, right place, I guess, right? I think that the Bendis Bagley team was so good. Hmm. It wasn't like I like Ellis. And Bagley didn't even want to do it. It wasn't as good as when, when, when it was no longer Bendis and Bagley because Bendis. I would disagree. It's, I know you would. But Bendis, Bendis and Eminem. I think Eminem is a better penciler. Done. Whoa! No, easily. No, You're wrong. Not You're for this. Easily. He's a better storyteller. Eminem has, he has a much better very form. distinct style. And for like in like next wave, I was like Eminem all the way. I would never want Bagley on that. But this because Bendis is so talking heads, and Bagley is so good at doing expressions. He's that n- actually he's not. But I think he is. Okay. I think I know. I know you think he's, he has mo- he has three faces that I he does. Know, but I don't, it's better than Finch, who has one face. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I don't know the Bagley Bendis team on this book, and for that long run, and that's when it was hugely successful when they were on it together. And I just think it was fantastic. Somewhere. Some kid is screaming at me. You punk. I get those a lot. People call you punk because you don't they respect They call me worse things than that, but I'm going to keep it PG. What's your number three? <laughs> Gentleman's Agreement. Okay. Doesn't surprise Tangled me. Web. Yep. Which, which, actual, which issues is it? What actual issues is it? You don't even come prepared. Well, I have the trade and my issues are at home. Um, <laughs> seven to nine or seven It to is, eight? yeah. It's three issues in the middle of that arc. So it'll be seven, eight, and nine then. 
So why do you like it? Lee Weeks, one of my favorite pencilers. Is he really one of your favorites? Absolutely. He's a really good storyteller. I really like him, though. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't mean it to mean like I He's a very classic like uh, sensibilities. Yes, he does. But at the it's... same time, he has the modern style of storytelling and panel work. Okay. Um, so this is actually one of my favorite uh, pieces from Lee Weeks. It's really, really good. Uh, Bruce Jones, who I was reading at the time on uh, He Grand wrote Hulk. it? No way. He wrote it? Well, you don't have to prove it to me. But. It's such a Bruce Jones story. Wow. Very kind of low-key. No, it is. I just... Um, wow. Every man, blue-collar, subdued hmm. story. Where is Bruce Jones now? Um, Someone with the fishes. He's Mr. Blue. He's Mr. Blue. Um, so, I mean, at the time, uh, Incredible Hulk was a Bruce Banner story, and you would intermittently see Hulk. And this is uh, Tangled Web. So this is a series about kind of how Spider-Man has influenced people's lives. Uh, and it's a bit about a cabbie who uh, his daughter's sick, or no, he's sick. Yeah, and, and he, he has a daughter. He needs treatment, and he wants to be there for his daughter. Yeah, and his wife, his or his ex, at least hates him. And he decides that he needs to make money. Um, and somewhere along the way, he gets knowledge of Spider-Man's secret identity, and um, he uses this knowledge to call Spider-Man whenever there is an event that's taking place in the Marvel universe that. He sees that you know he needs Spider-Man's presence. Uh, he also gets mixed up some criminals, I believe, right, to make yep. money. Mm-hmm. He goes on the wrong side of the law, so he becomes a criminal to try to make money for this treatment. Uh, and all throughout the way, he's kind of calling Peter, and then you'd see maybe a web line, or you'd see a, someone get kicked in the face, and you never really see a full Spider-Man. Um, Nothing like a kick in the face. A very interesting <laughs> relationship between Classic the two. Um, very heartfelt, very sad. Um, I don't know. It's just it was a nice, tender storyline that kept me very intrigued to, to or interested to see what the next page would bring. And I can't say enough for Lee Weeks' pencils. It was almost Severance Package. Yeah, that would might have, actually. I don't think Severance I Package, have... which was volume, which was that would be issue five, right? No, four. I think four, and then Flowers for Rhino were was four and five, uh, five, sorry, and, five six. and six. Yeah. So yeah, so issue four because the the, the thousand or what was it called the million or it was the thousand. I the think. thousand that was, was issues one through three. It was terrible. It was terrible because it's Garth Ennis. And the artwork wasn't good either. Whoever that was, Garth Ennis thought that was drawing. Was... No, I didn't do. I'm art sorry, too. Garth Ennis was writing. Is it Russo? And... No, no, Russo was um, Severance Package, wasn't it? That might have been it. Yeah, Russo, Russo, um, and that was um, written by um... Azarello. No, um, well, Severance Package. I don't. I don't even. Azarello. Wow, we I think worked on the first one. We're so prepared. Who is it? Who yeah. is it? Um, come on. I don't know. He did Gotham Central for a while. Brubaker? No. Raka. Raka. Okay. Raka. There we go. Not at all on my list. Sorry, guys. We're talking all about... All right. Bu- anyway, so Gentleman's Agreement. Really enjoy it. I've recommended. I should hope so. It's number three. Yeah. No, I don't have to know. I know. Order. No particular well, order. I have numbers. Okay. These right. are the rules. <laughs> uh, my next one I'll just do quick because it's an Ultimate Spider-Man story. We kind of talked about why Ultimate Spider-Man is awesome already. Um, it's actually just the first two issues of Volume 12, The Superstars, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man 66-67, where he has a body swap with Wolverine. Normally, which, normally... Which was just made into the cartoon. Did yeah. You, did you watch that? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I know, know, I'm I, aware it exists. I believe I, I haven't. Um, normally I don't like body swaps, but it was just so... They're such polar opposite characters. That scene in the bathroom when like, he's popping his claws into yeah, himself. Yeah, and he cuts his own finger <laughs> off, he's like, ah! And then, yeah. of course, like, does Wolverine still have adamantium in his fingertip? Well, uh, I, like, cut it off. I do like the idea that that's the sound that Wolverine yeah, that, somehow <laughs> made. Well, it's Peter's sound, right? Ah. I know, but... It, but I, I know, I know, I know. But you, but you like to think... I that, do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just... <laughs> that Wolver- like, 
he goes around hitting on Mary Jane, even though she's a teenage girl, because as we know, Ultimate Wolverine likes teenage girls. Who are redheads. And, yeah. <laughs> Loves them. Well, you actually get the time, uh, Jean Grey in the Ultimate Universe, right? Yeah. Yep, in the first arc. Teenage Jean Grey. He likes that. Oh, Rose. Um, oh, Rose. But, Wait, my name's like, Jean. When... Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, you're right, Amber. Absolutely fun issue, amazing. Yeah, yeah it was just funny and comedy is very hard to do in comics. It and is, uh, it's a testament to Bendis. Even the uh, yeah. the previously pages were funny because then 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 they have uh, Bagley like locked to a desk or something. There's there I was a there was a gag and I don't know if it's even in there. It's not in the trade. No, um, that's too bad because that's one thing. Sometimes. That's one thing that makes me sad about reading X Factors that they don't have the intro pages yeah. and those are sometimes hilarious. Oh no, they do have it they here. Have it. Okay, there good. It so yeah. that is Bendis. Bendis loves the cameo in his own yeah. No letters pages, though, so But, sorry. like, the sequence when they have Wolverine come into the jail in Spider-Man's body and just beat up all the guards, because he's better at being Spider-Man. And, <laughs> but yet, he's, it's, like, the least smooth Wolverine is that because he swings into a wall. Oh, yeah, he doesn't know. He can still swung. beat up all these guards, and he's sitting and Spider-Man's sitting in Wolverine's body in jail, and he can't get out, because they're like, oh... Adamantium claws? Because he's no. a wiener. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just it's... that he's constantly panicking in Wolverine's body, and it's just, it was just fun and fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I forgot, how, what was the cause of their swamp? You... Was it Mesmero? I don't even remember what caused Or was that just in the swamp? cartoon? I actually don't even remember. I don't even know if it really mattered, and I think that, was, that yeah. was the strength of the story, yeah. is that it was, it was one of those things where the MacGuffin didn't even bother me, because they, they made it fun. I like MacGuffin, yeah. as a word. Yeah. I think about Ultimate Shocker, or Loser. And then, like, Jean, was like I don't know if they ever said what happened, but oh no, it was Jean. She did it to punish Wolverine. Really? Yeah, because uh, she got mad at him and she switched him into Peter's body, and then she. I switched think Jean back. has that actual power to change, transfer no. consciousness. But well, no. I also feel like she owes Spider-Man a bit of an apology. <laughs> yeah, Ultimate Jean. Sorry yeah. for doing this. Dude. Ultimate Jean is special, and she's the Phoenix all on her own. I guess so uh, she can body swap if she mm. wants to. Uh, my number three is Spider-Man Blue, one to six. Uh, people who know me, that's not really a surprise. Or it might be a surprise it's not higher. Uh, I really love the character of Gwen Stacy. I really like the old school look of uh, Tim, uh, uh, Tim Tim Sale's Sale. artwork. Jeff Loeb is not always a great writer. Usually he's not. But yep. he when he did the color books, he did a really good job on Hulk Gray. It's because of Tim Sale. It is. Tim it Sale. has to be. I know. Because he never writes anything Because good Long own. Halloween was decent. And Dark Victory. Dark Victory. Decent. Uh, yeah. Uh, Superman for All Seasons was beautiful. Yeah, basically Jeff Loeb writes things on a page. And Tim Sale's like, and J- how Jim do we just, not do that? Jim just like, <laughs> takes his hand and crosses out most of the things that are written down. And then gives them the nod. Whereas everyone else just, just goes crazy. They like, check it off. Like, McGinnis was yeah. like, you want me to have Red Hulk punch Watu? Yeah, let's do that. How about we have a big oh gun? God. Just shoot guys with guns. How about an all-gold <laughs> helicarrier? <laughs> but yeah, no, you are right. Tim Sale seems to be really good at collaborating with Jeff Loeb and, and toning down what makes Jeff Loeb not as good. Um, so it's a, a really fun Silver Age book. It, it feels timeless. Like It's not trying to be like a modern... Up, you know, taking uh, it's not at all. Yeah, the fashion is very the fashion's very retro, yeah. but it's not in a way that makes it feel old. Hmm. I mean, you've read this, Amber. Yeah. Did you like it? I yeah, did. like they, there's no frumpy. Like Mary Jane and Gwen do not feel frumpy at all. They look gorgeous no. in this book. They do look gorgeous, but they still they, they look like like they are period, but also timeless. And even even Peter looking like a nerd in very like old school kind of nerd clothes still looks fashionable. Yeah. Uh, it's a great shot of MJ right there. Yeah, and like there's and like they're on a jukebox. Like it's very yeah. this isn't current, but okay. I don't care. Like it doesn't need to be. Like faster yeah. pussycat kill kill kill. Right there. See, it's an old it's comic to. with the benefit of being written in the modern age. Yeah. And having modern modern so, yeah, coloring and modern art. It's an old art. Spider-Man story. Like if you could just take all old comics and rewrite them now. 
I also feel <laughs> like yeah. I don't know who pressured them or who insisted, but I feel like the Vulture and Craven storylines don't need to be there. This book is thoroughly enjoyable without any supervillains. They could have zero fights in this book, and it might be better for it. Because um, the strength of this book is not the villains. That is true. Well, no, they're, they're fun because they're big and colorful, and they're just obstacles. Fine, but... Because, but you're right, though. This isn't about the villains. Like, no. when you read a lot of the other arcs on it. our list, there's a villain at the center of it. This is more a relationship story. Yeah. And the it's villains are... Yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is, right? Or it's a love tape. Because he's, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's recording a cassette. He's not Matt Murdock writing a letter to Karen. That's true. But, uh, and it is a familiar pattern, because I think Daredevil Yellow was first. And this was second. Yep. So he'd already kind of followed this pattern of, you know, someone have had feeling a loss and then rec- either recording or writing a letter to that loved one. And then and Hulk is, is Hulk it's just... Hulk Gray it's not is him, him talking It's with like Leonard. Betty, isn't it? It's him oh, it's talking, him, that's right. Talking he's talking Leonard. to Leonard Sampson. And then Captain America White is him writing a love letter to Bucky, right? It was only a zero <laughs> issue and it was beautiful. <laughs> and don't make fun of it. It makes me sad that... Well, you know, what was interesting about Captain... This is total divergence. But uh, Captain America White was fun... That one zero issue. It was also it was a nice juxtaposition because at the exact same time, uh, Brubaker was writing his yeah. his Winter Soldier story, where we were learning that Bucky was a stone cold killer, and he was you know he was able to do things that Cap couldn't do, and he was trained to be like this black ops agent, and he could do those things. So it was nice to have still the classic version of Bucky still exists in some way, but then they never continued the book. Would you say that Jeff Loeb is the um, George Lucas of comics? He's good when he's controlled by others. Yep. Things that he's associated with are brilliant, but usually when he's mitigated by... And if he gets let loose, he destroys something utterly. I'd say a little bit. Yeah. I, not always, because I, I like Hush, and you don't. And I think that story was actually pr- fairly enjoyable. Who was Hush? Uh, Tommy Elliott. Are you sure? Yeah. Wasn't the Riddler? Nope. Are you sure it wasn't the other guy who was before that? <laughs> it was <laughs> stupid... <laughs> Let's Let pull the rug go. out from under you. Let's pull the rug out from you again. The only, Let's pull it out again. The, There's seven rugs <laughs> I'm going to pull out. The only really bad thing about Hush was the uh, the Jason Todd thing was never meant to be real, and then it was retroactively Jason made Todd thing was a problem. Yeah, but no, I but, would say the problem with Hush is the pencils and the script. Whoa! <laughs> draw okay. posters, J- uh, Jim, Jim Lee. You don't need to draw comics. All right, well, we'll talk about this. Different, different, <laughs> let's, we'll talk about that a different day. We should. That'd be fun. Why not? I should read it again so I can really just tear. We it should apart. do like a book of the month type of thing where we just we read like one story and we just we talk about what works. Like that. a book club. Yeah, both comic books. Yeah, you know, look over the classic stuff. Anyway, that's that's future stuff. That's fu- that's future comic shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Paul, it's up to you. Bring it's us through me. to number three. Well, I, well, we've already double dipped. On a few that I've done, so I, I don't understand I don't your use of the word double dip. <laughs> well, because we, we double dipped based on, it twice. on uh, okay. Okay, Last Hunt, and he double dipped on, on the Marvel Knights. On Marvel Knights, yes. so okay, okay. So, so this is Paul's. So where are you actually in your list? Oh, yeah. I have two left. I have two left. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, oh, well, that's okay. So let's go back. How do we want to do this? Let's go I back. only have one left. Oh crap! You know what? Let's just go around. Just go. Wait, and that'll be one person talking more than once. Yeah. Well, so you got two left. I have two left. Which I which I can do as one really. They're not even that different. <laughs> no, they are. They are. They can one and two. No, one's released the other, so it just works to flow. Oh, well, let's, let's, let's let Paul talk. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Um, so here we are reading um, again, jumping back and forth with Spider-Man at the Marvel Knights era, right? And also jumping on when he's finally joined the Avengers when when Bendis brought the Avengers uh, with, uh, with Breakout and Spider-Man's part of the team. So all culminating together, boom, we hit Civil War. I okay. like setting the stage. This is nice. I feel like he's setting the table he's for us. Like the story. Yeah, because yeah. this is when I got back into Spider-Man. Okay. Right? This was an era for me. This is what makes it memorable. So for me, reading Civil War, 
I, um, to me, one of the key cogs into understanding and enjoying Civil War as a whole is also the amazing Spider-Man issues associated with Civil War. Interesting. Okay. Take care. Very. Why are you saying take care to because me? Because I would agree with Paul and you wouldn't. Though. I would actually agree with that also. Oh. But when you think about it, you have like... It's, it's just Garney, that's all. It's around Garney. Well, no, it's like the Iron Man side and the Captain America side and then the no. Spider-Man. I, I find yeah. it was okay. I don't know it was the greatest. But I, I, I want these issues. Well, I, I don't like have all them. Civil War, I bought the singles, but I need to trade. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was an actual, absolutely key arc to everything that was happening in Civil War. He was, he was there caught in the middle... Whose side is he on? You know, first he's he's there. He's finally joining the Avengers. He's finally big time. Uncle Tony, show me the way. Show me your gadgets. You know, he is <laughs> pornography. <now. laughs> no, nothing. Uncle Tony, nothing, show nothing, me your gadgets. Yeah, why is the room so yes. dark? <laughs> oh God! Spinning bed in the middle. <laughs> His sure I mean, Tony being. does have a spinning bed. Oh, he's several of them. I'm sure he <laughs> yes. does. Everywhere he goes, um, it's on repulsion it's a, in the middle of the room. Case. So, you know, he got, you know, a pretty cute suit, you know, which... <laughs> he just goes which again. With, with the three arms at the back, you know. Adorable. The Waldos? Yeah. A cute but, uh, suit. Was his head the eighth arm? I didn't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, uh, and then you had the crazy unmasking. And the entire follow-up from that, where, you know, it kind of proved the whole time Peter was right as to why he needed the identity in the first place. Right? Because suddenly everything started to unravel around him. Everyone knew who he was, and now everyone's gunning for him, his family, everyone he loves. Like, it all started to fall apart around him. After, you know, and you knew once the unmasking happened, go, there's no way they're going to stick to this. This can't happen. So the retcon was coming. But to do it at the time... They stayed with it for a bit. And then they oh, did a couple months because only because they had to wait for Civil War to end. I know, but Civil War lasted so long because it got delayed. And, I know. Yeah. No, it was a bit of a mess, for sure. But Ugh. And you're, not, just, you're not including Back in Black in there, are you? I am, absolutely. Oh, why? Oh, I think Back in Black's not? better than the Civil War God. stuff. God. What's wrong with Back in Black? That's terrible. No, the entire run of all no. Black and Black storylines no. that you no, bought a giant trade what? of and you were so excited so about. He's, 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 he's saying the amazing... He licked it. <laughs> he's saying the amazing Spider-Man issues of Back yes. in Black. Oh, yeah, we goes to yes. prison and we the Kingpin? Those are not good. No, shut up. Guardians pencils are actually very, very good. No, they don't look good. It doesn't read well. They absolutely does. You're crazy. Draw me something now that looks better. After all the turmoil, all the nonsense he goes through for being unmasked, being hunted, it ends off with a sniper shot in the Civil War, which rolled in beautifully. Which is how Ant May should have been killed. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree with you. Or if he was going to lead into one more day, just cut no, it back no, and black no, entirely. No, right? not utter that blasphemous. Uh, okay, but I'm not. I'm not getting into one more day. But you, you have everything's rolling along, and it, it worked so well because now you have this big fallout, and they acted upon that fallout. They go, okay. Here's what Civil War happened. We unmasked. Yeah. It was his worst nightmare come true. Right? So now, his enemy his, uh, gets sniped. Right? Boom. Rest I'm throwing a car at the sniper. I see this page yeah. and this, this car is flying at this guy. He's looking through the scope. Holy crap. Rest in peace, Ant-Man. Boom. <laughs> Just die. Right? He's, he's snapped. Get the black costume on. And then he sees, like, goes to Kingpin in prison. Beats the living. That's awesome. Crap out of everybody him. else. Like, screw great. this. You, if Ant-Man dies, you're going to die. Yeah. It's going down. It was so... You know, to see that other side of Peter Parker, just like this Craven Last Hunt, you're all creaming all kinds over, right? <laughs> same, same idea, same Whoa. dark, brooding Peter Parker. Creaming all kinds. You wanted shenanigans. Now you're in the middle of a fracas. Yeah. Okay. He caused nine That's what the name felonies to transfer Aunt May to a different hospital. Oh. Right? Went against everything he stood for. 
to try and save. And then get just get another sniper man and finish her off. Just shoot that old bag. Just get rid of her. I agree. Ruin. Finally, should have died. Absolutely. And I think you could have done it in a way where okay, you kill that May. Peter gets evil, angry, brooding for a while, and 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 he will cover. And he shuts down. He'll cover, of course. But then that causes a journey. It becomes a journey. But then that causes the rift between him and MJ. Not Mephisto. This this darkness that consumes him over the death, blaming himself, unmasking, all that kind of crap, right? And then that causes the break of the marriage. None of this shenanigans. Yeah, but they didn't want Peter to be a divorcee. You know what? If they wanted it so badly, they had to make him a divorcee. Because MJ is still there. Exactly. They didn't get rid of that, and they're still talking about their relationship. It was was the same relationship they're saying, it just wasn't a marriage. Well, then you haven't changed anything. Yeah. They really should still love each other like we have all these examples of, all over comic books. And she's already said, I love you, in Inspire Island. So it's there. Yeah. Right? So you could have done it that way. Right? Instead of the... It's such a profound love too, Adam. I'm not disagreeing. Right. I like Sensational Spider-Man Annual number one. That's an exa- excellent example of what they of what they were proving their relationship was. Yeah. And then Casada's like, I don't care. And they were like, it's like the artists and the writers of Marvel Universe are writing odes to this relationship <laughs> and saying, this is how beautiful it is. And they were putting it on Casada's desk and he just like <laughs> swipe it off his desk and be like, get out of here. I'm going to bring it up. And like, it's flopping at the mouth. I actually like Casada, but I don't understand this decision. While wearing a Mickey Mouse so shirt. So much fanboy now, don't I? A little mm-hmm. bit. It's okay. Yeah, right. You are. It made you upset. Yeah, it did. Okay. But, but I agree with you, Paul. Well done. Yeah. But for <laughs> the tale of Jameis' run, I thought it, 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 everything came together well, and I really enjoyed reading that. I don't have the trade. As it came. And what makes Adam feel very dirty is that for a time, I asked him to look when he was just downtown or looking at comic shops, if you could find the trade of just Amazing Spider-Man back in black. Because I cannot find it. It was they. They made four of them. Apparently. <laughs> Seriously, no. It was because because then they put it in the collection. There was two yeah. back and black collections. Okay. And he doesn't want that. He wants the Amazing Spider Man, yeah. which yeah. doesn't yeah. exist. I don't, I I have the, it's like volume ten or something. Volume eleven. Maybe I see. I have the Civil War one. But I don't have the black. I want to see either. all the volumes. I have all the way from one to the last one before Civil War, which is I think New Avengers. I don't know. Did you finally get Civil War? No, not the Civil War Spider Man yet. Ugh. I have Civil War Iron Man, which I really enjoy. It was okay, fun. interesting. And Civil War Cap, which I also enjoy. I hate your choice. You're wrong. I, I, what? Just, I, wrong with my choice? I hate it's it. It's a good Why? choice. It, it's, Why? I appreciate that you liked it and that it was that time Paul when you were really... wrong about the other, but he's right about this. I appreciate <laughs> there was a time that you were really getting re-involved with Spider-Man. Your face. And I, it just, a it's lot of it, right, a lot right. of it didn't ring true for me. We enjoy it, but it's not good. <laughs> Uh, the way Kingpin acted didn't feel appropriate. How? I'm in prison. I'm going to ruin Spider-Man's life. Why does he even care about Spider-Man? He because dealt with him a little bit in the sick... nemesis. He is an no, arch he's not I'm a sorry, arch nemesis. No. But there are many comics and cards that would say arch nemesis on it to Spider-Man. He's he's I think Daredevil's arch nemesis. Like Fleer collection cards. I think he's listed as an arch nemesis. He's Daredevil's arch nemesis. And I think he was originally the Spider-Man, Spider-Man deck of cards that you can play like Flash ah. with or whatever, like Crazy Eights. I think he's in there too. He's as there because because he was in the animated series because they didn't have a Daredevil animated series. You know what, there's many depictions of him. I don't really agree with it, but there are many ways that Marvel has depicted him and indicated to me as a young teenager that this was a nemesis. And I don't really understand it. But there it is. Also, if he can get the rep again as the man who killed Spider-Man's, like, family... That's big time rep, and that's what he needed as in prison. He didn't need rep. He was just because he, he was in the prison. fallen kingpin. He was still huge. He was, you know, he, not just physically. No, no, no. His, his his reputation had been so tarnished recently by what Daredevil put him through and defeated him. Yeah, and then even what's his He's name, still the, um, Silks. 
Sammy Silk. Sammy Silk got another stab on him. The whole well, that like, was before this. I know, but this is all his history. Like yeah, this is I, how the criminal element view him as the soft stabby guy. I just don't like the it. Pincushion. It didn't. A lot of it. It, it felt bloated. Um, and your discussion of Ron Gundy's pencils not being any good. Uh, we're gonna sit down. Not and there. I, I like Ron Gundy. Not in that arc. Each no. one and make you just confess <laughs> your sins to it. No, okay. that arc. No. Oh, okay, bring us somewhere else. Fair enough. I will bring you to something that hopefully no one can argue against. That's not the last thing on your list, is it? That's it. That's the last oh my god, that's where we went off with you. Oh, oh he both. He just did the well, whole thing. Well, because there was double dips. Yeah. <laughs> no. So he's going to leave. Now. I can do some honorable mentions about the other day. Spectacular Spider-Man number fourteen. Okay. By um, Paul Jenkins, who I actually like as a writer most okay. of the time. But uh, who's the always. artist? Paulo Rivera. Okay, I don't remember this issue. This is such oh. a beautiful story. I'm going to show like you, Rivera. and you'll remember it. It sounds creepy. Yeah, okay. Do you remember the story? I do, About yeah. this, uh, the handicapped boy on the roof. And this boy, um, he gets put up on the roof in his wheelchair every night by his parents or his minders. And he envisions, he looks over the city and he pretends he's Spider-Man. I love that issue. It's so good. He pretends he's not paralyzed or he pretends, I don't, maybe he's not paralyzed. Maybe he's, uh, I don't know what disability he has. Um, but... Um, he's quadriplegic, isn't he? I don't know, because at one point he tries to talk... So I don't know. Peter one point visit him? Yeah, well, Peter comes by. Peter does um, that. No, he doesn't visit him at he first. He sees him. He swings by, and he sees Peter, or he sees Peter Parker, and then at one point, um, he catches the eye of Morbius, who's up to whatever shenanigans, and oh, Morbius, Morbius. Oh, Morbius. <laughs> Morbius sees this, this boy on the rooftops, and he comes up to him and says, I know you've been watching me. And he says right there, I know you've been watching me, Jeremy. Uh, that sounds so creepy right there. He sees it is creepy. This is, this is Paolo's rendition of Morbius. I'm not sure how I feel about that rendition of Morbius. Uh, it's, who cares what you feel? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you know what? I agree that it might not be uh, in continuity image, but that no, is I, a creepy image. I like it. It's creepy. Yeah. It, it doesn't say Morbius to he, me. But it, he's a vampire. It's a, he's, it's he's, a, he's a monster. Monster's enough. Sure, he's okay. a monster. Um, and then he goes to bite him. He's, you know, and then Peter comes and saves his life, um, and starts fighting Morbius. And then what does Joey do? I think he does something to aid him. Just beautiful, beautiful painted visuals by Paulo. Um, and then in the end, Peter comes over to him and pulls his mask off and shows him what he looks like. Cause this kid can't indicate who he is. Now, have you read the, the kid who collects Spider-Man? Yeah, that's good too. Okay. That's really good. That's it, this obviously evokes memories of that. It absolutely does. Because it's very similar. Now, Peter isn't black in this one, but still. He wasn't black in that one. Wasn't he? The kid who collects Spider-Man was from the 80s. Okay, or, I'm thinking of the update to that where the kid, the Paul kid Jenkins does it. Who's imagining he's yes, a friend. Yes, he's a little black kid yeah. in urban New York. Yeah, and, and that was he imagines too. Peter pulling his mask off and he's a black man. Yeah, and it's which an, is very touching. Which is an interesting idea. Of people see what they want to see in Spider-Man because yeah. he's fully masked. Which is which is what Ditko kind of was creating is every man, right? And yeah. then how can you be an every man if you don't look at yourself and see him mm-hmm. in you and you and him? No, the uh, the kid who collects Spider-Man was actually adapted somewhat into the uh, animated series in the '90s. It's about a young boy who's dying. Of, I forget what illness it was. Anyways, he comes and he tells this kid. And it all about you know his adventures, and, he sh- in, and at the end he takes off his mask, and then and you know the kid's about to die, so it's it kind of doesn't matter, but it's it's the biggest moment in that kid's life. So it's very similar. But my similar. favorite part here is the line where he goes, "Then he does the weirdest thing and pulls off his mask." And the narration of the boy in the wheelchair says, "I don't know if I could even describe his features, even to this day, ordinary, saddest face I ever saw." He tries to smile, but I know for uh, but I know uh, what but I know it hurts. This is all for my benefit. He wants me to be okay, and he's giving me this. And then he says, thank you, thank you, and he jumps off the roof. And then he keeps describing it. He says, um, I begin to understand that that atmosphere he carries with him. It isn't electricity. It's sadness. Worse than mine. 
And then he says, and I realize I feel sorry for him. I cried when I read this. You're crying now. I'm not crying <laughs> But I'm a bit choked up. Yeah. No, and, then, it's, it's... and then his minder comes and says, uh, Joey, um, anything interesting you saw today? No, sir. Okay. Amber. Um, my last one is not technically a Spider-Man book, but I got permission <laughs> to use it on the podcast. <laughs> yes, you did. It's uh, the new Avengers uh, breakout arc. Um, so why do I you like it as a Spider-Man story? As a Spider-Man story, I like it because I think... I don't know. It's just got really nice Spider-Man moments. I don't know if I like for to contribute to Spider-Man's overall story or his progression as a character. I don't know if it's if it's good for that. So I guess this should have probably been first because it's like my weakest as a Spider-Man story. But just like when he hears about the breakout and he's with Mary Jane and they both understand that he has to go do something about this and he can't swing out there so he's like swimming over to the raft and Captain America pulls him out of the water and he's just getting overwhelmed by all these you know super criminals that hate him and he can't do it and he's fighting but he's fighting anyways yeah and he's got his little web sling because his wrist is broken and he gets unmasked and he's just He's just being Spider-Man, so essentially, and it's like this such a tragic beginning that just when he gets like overwhelmed and sucked down into that group of of villains that hate him so much, but he's he's gone there anyways, and he knows what's happening, and he's gone to do this and to try and help because he's in New York and he can get there fastest, and that's such an essential Spider-Man character moment that mm-hmm. he can help, so he's going to go help no matter what the cost to him personally. Is. It establishes him as worthy of being on the Avengers, and also at the same time establishes the Avengers as being necessary. Yeah. Because one hero can't yeah, do it, and when you do that, you it. get more They heroes. have to be there yeah. together. That's true. Um, and I, don't, I like him as just your comic relief character on the Avengers, when he's making jokes about, like, his footies. <laughs> yeah. Because his costume has footies, and just... Oh, and the savage well, Yeah. <laughs> 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 when he's in Avengers Mansion. And, Good comic relief. Yeah, he's, he's funny, and I think um, writing a witty Spider-Man, again, this is Bendis writing Spider-Man, and I love when Bendis writes Spider-Man, um, at least in this era, because he wrote a witty Spider-Man. And I do like it when Spider-Man is, is tragic and gritty and you're getting at that sad core of him, like, because he is, he's so very sad about everything that's happened in his life. And, like, that when you just talked about, like, the saddest face I've ever seen and Nathan's padding Spider-Man blue. But you know what's <laughs> interesting, too? But it's he's... also Paolo Rivera's depiction of that. See, what they should have done, you would argue, uh, it's the saddest face I ever saw and then show it from the back of his head so that it leaves up to the imagination of the audience. But the but depiction Paolo, of it is great. He draws an excellent... Half smile, just the eyes of Peter are so sad. I do agree. So I don't good. think anyone else could have handled it better. Because that is an issue that really it's yeah. up, it's up sure to Mark Bagley could have handled it better? No, it couldn't. Of course he could, because he does dragon faces. Cut it. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't I trying to love Bagley. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> going there. Stir the pot up a little bit. Yeah, wow. You just peed in the pot. Thanks. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I love Finch's pencils on this. I just, I like. I like the way he draws Spider-Man. I like his smooth drawings. And, you know, it's when Finch wasn't overlining. I would not say they're smooth. Well, in this, Spider-Woman's certainly very smooth. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> very smooth. Yeah, you mean the Skrull Queen. <laughs> yes, sorry. Oh, yeah. The Skrull the Queen sexy is Skrull very Queen. Kind of ruins it a little, doesn't it? But um, I think it's it's good establishing point for the next the next step in Spider-Man's life when he was a, a member oh, no, of the I agree with that. <laughs> like that scene when they go to the Savage Land they're like what's going to happen and then they, then they say something like 
Quintet's going to blow up. And they're like, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? It always or, does. Or it's going to crash. Or it's going to crash. That's what it is. Like, yeah. no one lands in the towers and it always crash. Like, oh, what are you talking about? This is the finest vessel that anyone hey. could build and they get attacked yeah. and it crashes. Yeah, it crashes. It's like, told you. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. That's very true. And then they're describing the savage land and like, it's Peter, isn't he? He's it's like, like, you know, surprising amount of susceptible nudity, dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. See, this like, Witty, witty Spider-Man, yeah. and like, which is not as good. I, I would say after Civil War, the Spider-Man written in New Avengers is not half as witty as he was in the first. I would years, agree so. with that because well, he no. got a little too almost it's, whiny. It's too much. Yeah, and a little bit. He, he felt too much like a. Like you know, it'd be better it, to make him less childish and less um, whiny. To make him darker by killing Aunt May, and then even more broody, right? Yeah, and then work his way then through he that. Mature, She's yeah. not she dying. That Paul score at yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that if she had just been at Marvel at that time. Walking by the door, people like, would be kissing your feet. Yeah, first they tried to overpower, couldn't do it. You just so. have to wait until yeah. you get yeah. an yeah. Like, yeah, contact Fleer, bust out the overpower. It's like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. What is overpower? Is that a hockey player? As soon as you get an editor in chief back that grew up with Mary Jane as Spider Man's wife, they'll be married. They'll re devil, yep. do like make a deal they'll, with the like, devil. They'll retcon that out so they were never apart. Yeah, they know? could be doing that with issue 700. They'll know. talk to Chaos King, they'll go yeah. the Japanese route and ask Chaos King if he could reverse what Mephisto did. And Chaos King would be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what he that. Like. What was that? But going back to the point of the uh, Spider-Man being too childish, that was my biggest problem with Avenging Spider-Man. You had all these little uh, team-up books or uh, issues with him teaming up with various. Is that even in continuity though? Like, it is. It's it's sadly, like, but yeah, but and he's like, it feels like Spider-Man team-up. We're just plucking yeah, people. It is, yeah, it but is, it is. But it does Spider-Man exist. depicted? It feels like it is a brand new Ultimate Spider-Man kid teaming up with these big shot heroes, especially with Captain America. There was, America was, one. It was terrible, right? I do like Joe Madrera's uh, Mole Man though. Yes. yes. Very good moment. I agree with that. He drew a hero power. Uh, oh, for power card. A hero power? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Uh, my number two was uh, Death of John DeWolf. Actually, well, I... Actually, Jean. that's technically not correct. What Jean did I say? Gene DeWolf. Sean, Gene. Actually, technically, that's not correct. Ask Amber, ask Amber how it's pronounced. How is it pronounced? Jean. Jean? For yeah. a woman? It's a woman. It's, it's it a should, woman. It should be Jean. It's a woman. It? Then it's not. It's spelled it's like it's a man. Jean. Oh, so it's wrong. So in French, it would be J E A N N E. Okay. Jean. Well, actually, I uh, I misspoke. It's Jean, then. I'm not technically. She's named John. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. technically Did not. Just come back as that purple chicken. Tom the Falco needs uh, to consult people. Not really. Before he names people. Uh, I'm actually now that I think of it, I'm actually not not the death of John DeWolf. Well, part of it. Uh, basically, the Sinister Saga, which is both the original Jean. death of <laughs> Blank the Wolf, and also the, the return like of the Sinister. Yeah, okay, so Gene, yeah, Gene yeah. the Wolf. Okay. Uh, yeah, that so, would make sense, right? Yeah, spell that way. What is the problem here? I don't know what I'm saying. Why is she saying John? I don't know. <laughs> There's an O in H in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the De Wolf thing. Yeah. Maybe you thought it was French because of yeah. I don't know. Just shut up. <laughs> Um, anyways, this is a good story because I, I like it because, well, first of all, it's Peter David's first comic book work. Um, really thrilling story. Where is has, that right? Yeah. Because wow. he, was, he was working for um, the direct sales department, and Jim Owsley, he talked to him about giving him a script, and he, actually, I think it's the second comic book. Like, he wrote one comic, like, an issue two before. So you're wrong. So I am technically wrong. Because <laughs> I just listened to this. Now someone's know. cursing at you. Someone's cursing at me? That's fine. Uh, so Jean DeWolf was uh, was a, a long... Why? <laughs> she was a long-standing... She's taking dirty pictures of herself? A little bit. <laughs> she was a long-standing... I on the page where Mary Jane is in some sort of bikini thing, taking pictures of herself. Anyways. Well, that was the demand, right? Well, you need to get that <laughs> out. Oh, there's a second page! <laughs> and Peter pulls her up into the roof yep. and either chokes her to death or kisses her. Or eats her face. Or eats her face. <laughs> 
he does not pictured here. He does do She's that. She's hanging from the roof. How is he holding her? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, the first story <laughs> is the death of Gene DeWolf, which is fantastic, which is the Sin Eater. So it's this murder mystery. Wait, so who died? Gene or John at this point? <laughs> Shut up. Her brother. <laughs> <laughs> Gene DeWolf. She's murdered. That's how the story starts. She was a, an ally of Spider-Man. The Sin Eater is a new villain. Mm-hmm. He's got to try and hunt down Sin Eater. At the same time, Daredevil's trying to do the same. They have their first, uh, a good first, not first team up, but a team up. And then at the end of that, they exchange identities, which sounds lamer than it is. Um, it's actually pretty cool. The way it actually happens is pretty cool. But what actually what makes the whole thing really good is the return of Sin Eater which is actually more of an Electro story, but in the background you have Sin Eater gets released from jail. He's been horribly beaten by Spider-Man in the first story. Uh, and it's just the idea that he's, his, his, his mind is cracked. He's, he's lost his mind completely. And uh, it's just a really sad story of this guy trying to get redemption, but having this, this voice in his head that won't go away, and it leads to his unfortunate death. And I say unfortunate because, like, basically he's trying to outsmart the demon in his own head. So he takes a child hostage with a shotgun, goading police into shooting him, uh, like pushes the kid away, you know, throws up a shotgun and is about to take a shot. They gun him down, and at the end he realized that the shotgun wasn't even loaded. And it was just, it was like he got the, the better of the demon inside of him, and he won. So fantastic, brilliant story, very dark, both by Peter David. Can I make an imperfect comment? Please do. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Yep. Volume, uh, issue 110. Please go look up this issue. So I want you to see the picture of this as I describe to you what the artist has drawn. Okay. Now you might, when you first look at this, think of this as maybe he punched Daredevil <laughs> and Daredevil threw through the, flew back through the window. That's not correct because he's still connecting with Daredevil. So what must have happened is Daredevil was hanging outside the window. <laughs> Spider-Man him saw him, him and punched his groin through the window. <laughs> So you can imagine Daredevil, he probably was even a little higher above the window, maybe yeah. looking somewhere, with yeah. his groin in full view of the window. And Spider-Man said, not today, Chuckles, and groin socked him through the glass. To which Daredevil yeah. is going right now, oh my gosh, I hope I die. Because the proportional strength of a spider has just pulped my, my boys. I'm going to die anyway. Thank Enjoy you this no, spectacular extra. Spider-Man you indeed. feel that really well. Okay. Well, thank you for that. This is the true Sin Eater right here. (laughs) God. Remember they made a pog of him? Yes. What's your last one? No one played him? Yeah. Thank you for... How much time do I have to just talk about how much I love this? You have a couple minutes. Okay. What do you got? Because people who are listening cannot see... Cannot see. You can't even see this yet. I can't even see it. Oh, no. There's something dramatic happening. Zeb Wells, Kare Andrews. Really? This is your favorite. It's not my favorite. It's one of the favorites. <laughs> this is pretty near the top. This okay. is really good. Okay. Okay. What's Spider-Man, Doctor Octopus, Year One. That's not what I thought it was. Oh, what'd you think it was? Uh, based on the Kari Andrews, I thought it was something from Tangled Web. Mm, he did do some Tangled Web, but this is not the one. Because I guess he wrote the Tangled Web stuff. He did. Um, I was just looking at something that I was going to reference. Oh, did um, you actually say what the name of it was? Yeah, yeah. Doctor okay. Octopus. I just Spider-Man. realized I kind of cut him off. Spider-Man, Doctor Octopus. You pronounced it correctly too. Then. Shut up. Octopus? I, I Octopus? saw something that had this image in it. What's and wrong? I, I realize now I can't remember. I just saw it. One of you opened up a comic. Maybe it was even me. And they Amazing. had a, a picture of uh, Da Vinci's uh, Vitruvian Man. The other. That's in the other, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. And also in uh, your first one. In JMS's. They also had the Vitruvian yeah. Man in that? In okay. what? Was it, I think. In JMS's um, Amazing Spider-Man, the yeah. first volume there? Did they? Yeah, no. it's right at the end. Give me. Really? Know. This is exciting. If this is true, if this is all over the place, because this is central to this book. 
If a okay. true main man. Well, you keep talking. Okay. We'll yeah. um, this image. So this opens up with young Otto Octavius, and he's at a museum, I suppose, and they're showing off the Da Vinci exhibit, and this is where he decides he's going to become a scientist. He wants to become like Da Vinci. And in his glasses, which is drawn so wonderfully, this is some of the best Cariandra stuff I've ever seen. I'll agree with that. Um, the Vitruvian Man in his spectacles, which means that he is in awe of this. Now, one of the things you notice about this Vitruvian Man is that the, the geometrics of what Da Vinci drew would make the man look as though he had eight limbs. Okay, so that sets us up, right? Um, he goes through, it's a story about young Otto. You see him go from young boy who's this kind of wide-eyed scientist, hope for the future to make mankind um, progress, and how he's just um, put down and hurt by bullies at school. His father at home uh, is very physically violent to him. Isn't that kind um, of stereotypical, though? Uh, what, having an abusive father? The, the whole thing, the, being the nerdy kid that the bullies pick on, your dad doesn't care. Like, didn't they do that to Ultimate Reed Richards? Yeah, but rather than just showing he gets hit by people, it's the process that's interesting. And really, what puts him over the edge is that in any of these things, it's the fact that he gets radiation poisoning from the explosion. He's not actually really a bad guy. It just shows all these things in his past. And all this little boy does is he's fascinated with the atoms. So whenever someone hurts him, he envisions that they're being blown up by an, an atomic explosion. That's it. He doesn't fight back. He's not an evil guy even in the rest of the, in the picture. He's a mama's boy, actually. They show him as a mama's boy. And he's, he kind of is a bit unbalanced in that Isn't way. Is his mom kind of homely or no? Um, kind of, I suppose. Because that would make it similar to his later love interest, uh, Stunner. Oh. oh, my goodness. So anyway, as it goes along, I'm showing pictures of this. Um, the, he, his dad comes to beat him, right, because he broke his glasses. And so he's envisioning his dad getting um, nuked. Uh, and then his dad hurts his hand on his science table. So little Otto is speaking to an inanimate object for the first time. You see him speaking to his beaker. He says, thank you, which is actually um, a theme in this. It repeats, when a machine saves him again later from harm, he says, thank you. And then he starts talking to machines. And as it evolves and he creates these mechanical arms because he feels his lab assistants are, are useless, he starts talking to the lab equipment. And he starts talking to the radiation and becomes more and more removed from humanity. And instead of seeing this as particularly worrisome, he sees this as the end goal of becoming the Vitruvian man, of becoming more than the humankind as we see it now. So it's a, also an evolution piece. And he's obsessed with radiation. He speaks to it as if it's his mother, replacing his own mother. His dad dies. He feels nothing for the death of his father. Um, and eventually his mom, comes, and his mom tells him, he comes home and there's a, there's a girl in his life and she goes... Um, it's, it's very disturbing things, almost like Oedipus Complex. It says, there's a woman in your life? Really? Is she the one distracting you from your mother? Is that why you don't call home? Does she touch you, Otto? Do you touch her? Does she make you feel good when she touches you? Where does she touch you? Does she touch... And then Otto's like, mother, please, no, I'll never see her again. He breaks up with this girl who's showing him some interest. The only kind of actual loving person in his life, he's forced to break up with her. And that kind of... He's pushing him away from humanity. And then one night, she, he overhears his mother downstairs with another man. And then he says, well, Otto will hear me. Go home. I'll see you tomorrow when Otto's away. And she comes upstairs, and all of a sudden he says the same thing to her. Does he touch you, mother? Does he touch you like this? And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, no, Otto. And, he, and you, don't, you don't see what happens after that. So actually quite disturbing stuff that goes on in here. Um, and the, the depiction of the arms by Kare, Kare is so good. They look alive. And it moves into this like uh, Frankensteinian early science fiction where it was a very cautionary tale. Science and technology, we should be aware of them, which is very much in keeping with the, the, the theme of uh, atomic warfare and the, the atom. And it even has a page 
where it talks about the different totemic or techno mm. yeah, terrorists. That's what I was thinking of in this Where story. he's saying, look at all these other people, and he's showing pictures of the vulture, and he's showing pictures of these different creatures that use technology to augment themselves. And he even gets inspired by seeing Spider-Man at one point. He sees Spider-Man on TV, and he sees him activate a switch, and in his head he goes, cyborg. Cyborg. If I can augment my body... With cybernetics, I didn't like that they made him too. They seem to make Otto a little too young. He's a, he's a little young. They kind of because he's reduce supposed his age. to be much older than Peter. They do have yeah. Peter and and him meeting at the college, but Peter is a high school student and he's a college age guy. Now they do move time forward quite a bit because later on when they meet again, Peter is a full fledged hero, um, and he and Otto has worked more on his experiments and he's he's become. Um, uh, he's furthered his experimentation. So anyway, just to pause you for a quick second, this this yep. year one story is just a little offshoot at a continuity this was made that. at the time when Spider-Man 2 was in theaters to coincide with people yeah, who were just yeah there was this negative Gosh. exposure yeah. there was two Doc Ock centric miniseries plus yeah. around at the same this time we got too, that other Doc Ock where he first sees Alice and they kind of get frisky and he's talking about a story about the man who first discovered the x-ray and he said that um, he was bold and rather than running from the x-ray he just discovered he led his wife into the rays and bathed them both in it to decide, to determine whether it was harmful and he leads Alice into the rays and then you show her kind of talking to Otto and he says feel me or feel this and you see Otto basically reaching up and following her chest but it's an x-ray form so all it is is just a skeleton over another skeleton but I mean it's it's very mature if you read it in a mature way <laughs> Amber's analyzing how big her bosom is um, and then of course you have these images of death and rebirth they have after the explosion there's a shot of like the Christian kind of cross of Otto being killed here and the new Octavius remember in Spider-Man 3 Octavius has no memory he gets like this amnesia and he kind of like has problems remembering what's actually going on and they echo this here and um, Amazing Spider-Man 3 was actually going to be on my list I read that Dicko issue cover to cover so many times as a kid uh, but I think this usurps it. Because he keeps on pimp-slapping Parker? <laughs> that is a great scene, right? Uh, where he gets hit in the face. Now, Peter also punches him in this, too. I'll have to show you sometime. It's but awesome. Just look at these panels of how the music, that he makes the arms respond to Beethoven. And so Kari Andrews is drawing the arms in different kind of arrangements. And they're, like, alive. And it's very, again, like I said, Frankensteinian. He's become this other creature. And he's talking down to the petty mortals. And you see them try to appeal to his humanity, and he won't. And these excellent panel work of Kare, how he shows the general being grabbed by the tentacles and staring down the tentacle to this new Vitruvian man, right? And, and it's just well done in terms of theme. The pencils are out of the park. Great fight sequences when Spider-Man comes in. And by the end of the book, he has now become obsessed with Spider-Man as the answer to the, to the world's ills, as the necessary um, evolution of humanity. And in his cell at the end, he's got a picture of Spider-Man drawn in the same manner as a Vitruvian man. Hmm. Just wonderful cyclical storytelling, um, a great character arc for um, Doc Ock, who understands when he goes to the, the uh, nuclear power plant, which he does in Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. um, issue number 3, that there's nothing there. That his god, his queen, his goddess, the atom, nuclear reactions, has no face at all. His god has abandoned him, um, and she has decided to become subject to mankind and is not what he's looking for. It's not the answer to the complete progression of what he thinks humanity must achieve. It's just really good ideas, very good science fiction ideas. Again, a lot of allusions to some classic science fiction stories. Um, a wonderful tale of Doc Ock. I recommend reading it. It's not as bland as he got beat up by bullies and his dad hit him, so he's a villain. It's much more than that. Um, but they use that as, as his aversion to violence. 
Because when Peter hits him in the face for the first time, first he embraces Peter as it's like, you're my brother. We're both members of the uh, children of the atom, as it were. And in this, he says his tentacles are tapped into his spinal column so that he can feel the radiation. So he can become intimate with the radiation. He has Geiger counters in his, in his hands, in his tentacles. And when he feels Peter for the first time, when he grabs him, he goes, I can feel the radiation in you. We're brothers. So it's got this cool intimacy with radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, really just very, very good. And uh, I guess this could even be my number one. I love this. It's interesting how a lot of the number one Spider-Man stories aren't really about Spider-Man. It, it's like not, Craven's Last Hunt. This is not a Peter Parker storyline. You're right. You're you right. Know, Harry Osborn going insane. That's true. But you know Doc what? Because Ock of this... And his villains. Because of this, I feel Doc Ock is now my favorite Spider-Man. This made Doc Ock my favorite Spider-Man villain. My uh, my favorite's no real surprise. Uh, Amazing Spider Man one twenty one to one twenty two, the death of Gwen Stacy. Uh, I like it best when she dies. It's, just, it, it's sad. <laughs> well, you know, it's just uh, it, it's a. I know it's old, but it's it, it still reads really well. Like it's it's a harrowing story. Like it just like the issue starts off with just a great you know panel of uh, Harry Osborn just. You know, in the throes of of, of a bad, bad. He trip. looks like he's in the throes. His <laughs> hand is on his head, and he's exclaiming something. He's like, got this clench. Like you open up the issue, and it just says like turning point. You know, something something big is happening, and then this is this is the first page you get is just you know because the issues before were he, he was in Canada, I think he was in Montreal with the Hulk, and it was just and so the next issue, whoa, we're right in the middle of something. We're at the hospital. Spider Man's there. Harry Osborn's had a you know has taken drugs again. What's going on? Now, this is the beginning of a new issue you're showing. This is a splash panel right here? Yeah, this is the first So page. this is the last panel of the prior issue? No, this is actually 20 issues right oh. there. I was going to say it's a good trade. smooch panel of uh, Gwen and Peter. Yeah, that's Amazing That's amazing Spider-Man 98. Mm. But, uh, Look at Amazing Spider-Man 98 for a good smooch panel of Gwen and Peter. If yep, that's a good one. Yeah. So is Spider-Man Blue number... Just so this is, the word it's like two listeners right now furiously <laughs> flipping through their virtual collection, smooching. <laughs> I must have more smooching. Uh, but no, this is a, it's a great story. This actually is more of a Spider-Man story I mean, than the other ones were. Because, I mean, yes, it's also a good, good Green Goblin story, but it's also, you know, this is the first real Spider-Man's really been pushed to the test and someone who's going to die directly because of a villain like we've had aunt may have heart attacks before up and at this point she needed her medication and spider-man had to get there oh, in time and there's yeah. so she he has to go over here onto the left to fight the villain but he also has to go to the right to save her and but this was what, more like what do you what do you use to describe convenient plot devices what was it not curmudgeon what was MacGuffin? it MacGuffin. MacGuffin. that was a MacGuffin. that was a classic oh, yeah. MacGuffin. the classic yeah. MacGuffin. you seem yeah. to be anti-mcguffin but you seem to enjoy this MacGuffin. The, this MacGuffin? describe this the, the Aunt May's... Uh, oh, the Aunt May, but the, this is different, though, because the other ones were more, there was something else he had to do besides fight the villain, and it was just more like he had to go either he left or right. pick up the eggs. Yeah, he had to pick up the eggs. Whereas this more, it's Green actually, Goblin's got the eggs. This is the best part of that movie. <laughs> this is, he's got the, Green Goblin has the eggs, and you have to get them from him, like that. Wait, they, talking about <laughs> Goblin's eggs now? <laughs> Gwen Stacy is the eggs in this example, which is weird. Uh, but no, it's, it's much more personal battle, because now... He's fighting someone who knows who he is. Again, this is the first villain who ever knew who he was, or actually realized who he was, because technically Doc Ock could have known if he thought that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. I'm confused. No, that issue where Peter Parker, he unmasked Peter Parker, but Peter Parker had a cold. He's like, this couldn't possibly be the real Peter, the real Spider-Man. No? Nothing? I know, I know what you're talking about, <sighs> but just the what sentence stairs? prior to this was... Uh... I, I get it. Anyways, it's, it's very strong, very... I mean, it still hits me hard, because it's... It's the death of a character I really enjoy. I really like when It's Stacey. so classic. It couldn't it's be more classic than this. It's Yeah, it's been very classic. I mean, they adapted it somewhat to the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s, and that was my favorite episode of that show. Now, 
Wait, wait. What? Heart attack or neck snap? Neck snap, totally. Well, that's because they put the snap they in. They put the, the snap in. I know, but now, she's would not you screaming have pref- on the way down. I know, but would you have preferred... Well, there's yeah, a possibility here. He had a heart attack and her neck snap. <laughs> yeah. Would you have preferred them to leave the neck snap out? No. I think it's much more... I mean... It's much more tragic that he doesn't even know it. But How audible is a neck snap that you would put, make it an onomatopoeia? Well, bone snap is audible, so one would assume a neck snap. Mm-hmm. It would make a sound of some kind. Wouldn't it be nice to have just keep it wondering? I guess. No, I think it's actually much more tragic. And it, uh, the, the character of Spider-Man, as you said, is tragic. If he kills her, it's but it wouldn't snap. snap because we know his his webbing gives like has give to it. Yeah, has but you some can give. do a neck snap if you're bungee jumping. I it mean, will still snap you. And it, it's, 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 it's during it's, yeah, bungee jumping. It could. Who's done that? I'm well, not going to bunch jump now. Well, it also could be You're the person. You could, harnessed. And plus, I mean, not everyone's kind of, their bones aren't made equal in everyone. I mean, some people are going to have a softer neck She's issue. got Baldrick syndrome. This is fascinating. And, well, and plus, like all is riveted. We can debate till the end of the day. Plus, the, yeah. well, the angle, she, plus the angle she was at. And tug really hard to try and see if she hit the ground. Just, well, like, this is, this is a pivotal yeah. moment in Spider-Man's life because That's up matters. until now, it was Uncle Ben was because he hadn't acted is that someone died. Now it's because he'd acted and was Spider-Man that someone died. So up until this point, he didn't have that extra weight that pushing against like him. Like he needed it. No, I know, but it's, it's, just, it's this kind of thing that now he really can't get away from it because either way, people will die. They should have saved the extra weight for when May got shot. That is when the actual letter anticipated that, but then he but, wouldn't and, be with Mary Jane. No, 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 they should have done this shot on on Aunt May like now. This is, should have been like <laughs> Green Goblin impaling Aunt May. Get her out of there. Impaling her. No more wow. MacGuffins. <laughs> so Keep <violent>. your eggs. <laughs> but no, I, I, so it's a classic issue. Every every piece of these two issues is is, is pretty classic. I mean, it's very. I mean, every panel is very memorable. I mean, they've aped so many of these panels over and over again. Like, the idea of being someone being thrown from a bridge and him having to save them has been done a billion times because yeah. it's a callback to this. Yes, at times ad nauseum, but it's also because it's a powerful image. We've seen him multiple times, like in the Clone Saga, when he's in the Scarlet Spider costume and the clone Gwen is being thrown off, is, is falling oh, off I have the bridge, oh. and he jumps first. He's like, I know what to do now. Yeah. And so it's, he can never get Didn't away from it. Did he do that in Sin's past? Yeah, she gets yeah, the daughter, the, the daughter, Norman's daughter. Yeah, that he sired. He relives it all the time, and I like. I mean, that's not so good that they keep going to that well. <laughs> they really do because they go to it. It's a been lot. poisoned a long time ago. <laughs> they poison the well, but I mean, it, it it is great. And plus, it's a, without this, you wouldn't have MJ ever falling in love with Peter. This is a none of that would have ever happened without. I'm sure Gwen Paul could have come up with the story. Paul could do it. <laughs> if anyone Paul can take him corner, corner. I mean, and plus, I mean, Green Goblin the Eye's back now, but he was dead for over twenty years. I mean, that was a pretty big moment. I mean, and the only reason they ever brought him back was because they had shit the bed so bad that they had to come up with any way to fix it. And that was the end of the clone saga. The only way they could do it was by, you know. You got some good bring goblin content actually on your list there. I got a lot of goblin content. got Harry content. and Norman. Yep. And then honorable mentions, you got another big yeah, plus in, one. Plus in, in Spider-Man Blue, the goblin's still there. Briefly. Yeah, sure. Kind of, not really. Interesting that Amber said, though. I'm looking at this list now, and I have Down Among the Dead Men and Coming Home as my Spider-Man stories. And then Doc Ock is related to Spider-Man, and Tangled Web is related to Spider-Man, and so is Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, so you think it would have made a difference? So it would have made a big difference if I had said you, you had to have it in a main Spider-Man I don't know. I, I, is it not fair to uh, have a story based around a character and not have him necessarily always be the central focal point or protagonist? No, and a- count that as... One of your favorites. Absolutely. I think that's fair because these people don't exist without Spider-Man. It's like saying Romeo and Juliet, what's your favorite part? Well, my favorite part of Romeo and Juliet, well, (laughs) 
you know, is it takes place when Romeo and Juliet aren't in the scene. Is that possible? Sure, why not, right? Yeah, no, Just that's Because it's true. their play doesn't mean you can't enjoy their characters. Any quick honorable mentions? Um, Paul? Okay. Paul had yeah, some. Paul, sure. Oh, you guys with me? Yeah. Um, Starting with you. Jeez. On the spot. Um, one thing I really enjoyed recently was, I can't remember the name, the exact name of the story, was the... the Great lap- honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where I, it happened. I, I meant, no, no, it just, ha- it just happened. That's why um, okay. I can't remember it. Exactly, but it was the lizard story that just happened. Okay, no turning uh, back. Time. Or no, was it no turn? No way back. No turning point. No turning back. See, I can't remember exactly. What it was. I'm I'm just as bad as Paul now. I'm awful. See, okay, so it's the most recent Arkham Knight yeah, Spider-Man. I, if I asked you what was on Spectacular Spider-Man cover two forty six from ten years ago, you know what it is. I would, um, but no, that that recent lizard arc by Dan Slott was really well put together. I love the fact that you had um, him revert from the lizard. Uh, back to Kirk Connors, yet the mind was still of a lizard, right? And it was still in the dark, like, Connors is dead, I'm back in here, I want to become a lizard again, and eat you all. Like, he was It was very... He was eating faces right? and stuff. But it, it was, was very it was, dark. It was so dark and sinister, right? And I love that... But still funny. Yeah. It's it's this is the first story arc by Dan Slott that I have actually been interested in reading, because of the way you guys describe it. It was yeah, really enjoyable. I don't care for so, now, at the end of the day, when... When they when they flipped it and he became a lizard again, but they did succeed and kind of bring Connors back. I was kind of disappointed they, they went that route. I kind of saw it coming, but I would have loved of the, the darkness to have remained because I liked. But it was a nice way of that. doing it because he's, it, he's it trapped worked. and no one knows. And no one knows. That's true. for now. Yeah, but I, I wish they would have left it there. But I did let it, when I, when I first started going into it because it, it really just captured me right. Because okay. Big Time has been great. The whole the whole thing as a whole has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, since it started, because I didn't read anything of, of Brand New Day. It's almost over. Did Cas- really? Caselli draw this, or someone else? Uh, no, no this Caselli. is by Jim and Coley. <coughs> you like mm. his stuff, I think. Yeah. You know the the book's ending, right? Issue 700 is the last issue. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for it's going to become something else. Oh, I'm sure this is a big shock. Okay, well, so... Dan Slott's going into hiding after. That's what he said. Oh, good for me. Okay. Good for you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, sure. no, but no, Big Time's been enjoyable for a while. There's some big and crazy, like, Spider Island was big and over the top. Um, Ends of the Earth was disappointing as a whole. Had some good parts to it. It ended but, too suddenly and yeah. too easily. But uh, it, it's been it's been a good run of Spider-Man stories. And it was a good point to get on, enjoy, and maybe after 100, you know, another point to hop off and we'll see mm-hmm. if they go after it. Right. Nate? Ultimate Spider-Man 13. Okay. Well, that, no, I was actually surprised that wasn't on Amber's list. The conversation? Might very well be my favorite. Unmasked? It's first not my favorite Duck moment. Hawk? Really? No, that's like, uh, where Peter tells uh, Mary Jane that he's Peter. That he's or, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And he jumps on the ceiling. I thought and she's like, sure no way. The teenage dialogue on that is fantastic. It's, it sounds it's just well like done, teenagers. but it's yes. not... I thought it, I, love it. I thought everything about it said Amber will love this and put it on her list. I thought she would too. I'm shocked it's not there. Nathan pulled it out. He's like, is this going to be on your list? And I'm like, no. Sorry. Well, there was Nathan pulled it out. Whipped it out. Folded it out could be a little bit <laughs> <laughs> not really sure. Oh, man. Yeah, I really like that issue. I remember reading that and just being floored. I think I read it on the bus on the way home from the comic store because I think that was on the top of my read pile. And I was just like, this is so good. This is so... This made me fall more in love with, with dialogue as a means of telling story and realist dialogue as being very important. And I kept thinking about how terrible dialogue has been in almost all media my entire life. How unrealistic it is on so, TV. So it ruined you for everything else. And in movies. Um, in many ways it did. And this began my experimentation with just fiddling around with my own dialogue, just writing dialogue between characters to see if I could make it sound more realistic. Because people often cut each other off, or they trail off, or they forget a word, or they use the wrong word mm-hmm. and pretend they didn't. And a lot of times <laughs> Bendis does that, and he does it very honestly. And I really enjoy that issue for a big reason is the dialogue. 
It's also very cute. Yeah. Uh, I had a few, but I'll just mention quickly. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 400, Death of the real Death of Aunt May. I don't care if it's not real Spider-Man. anymore. Because it's it's really beautiful. She dies. She's not wanted to die. Yeah. She's such <laughs> she, a waste. She di- <laughs> wow. <laughs> because she had a purpose. There was a reason to have her around. No, I agree. And it's, he's outgrown He up. He grew up. He was expecting his own child. And so it was a great time to kill her off. Mm-hmm. It was very natural. Uh, she died not because of a villain or because of anything he could blame himself for, which is what I had a major problem with Back in Black and the fact that he's blaming himself for this. This is some good art, too. Uh, although, mm-hmm. the anatomy's a little weird. The anatomy's... That's true, but I mean, just some of the other... It's very evocative. But, um, yeah, no, it's... This is, is... Aunt May dies of old age, and before she does, she gives Spider-Man the best gift he could have, which is that I know that you're Spider-Man, and I, I approve of you. Like, then it was just very touching, and then... And then just the pages afterwards, which you don't see a lot of now, just you know, it's a few pages of just no dialogue. I like that Ben is there too on the roof crying. Yeah, it, nice. like it's in the middle of the clone saga, but it doesn't feel like it. Like it doesn't. It could it could have taken place anywhere, and it just got many pages of just you know the funeral and just what it, how hard it is for them to say goodbye. It's really, but at least really emotional. There's that peace, right? That she you know she didn't die horribly, or in, in, like her like her husband and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you should want your loved one to go. It was in a really, bed with family. Yeah, it um, was it was the perfect death to the character. It was really elegant. It yeah. was appropriate. It's too bad and then right. they found out that really it was an actress who had had a crazy DNA genetically altered. And uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a tombstone, but it doesn't mm. really look that. This is the big problem with serialized oh, comics. Uh, another serialized sci- comics is the problem. Another special mention I had was Peter Parker Spider Man seventy five Revelations Part Four Four The End of the Clone Saga. Uh, I absolutely love the artwork in here by by John Romita Jr. You don't like it? That's Romita. Ah, and there's tons of broken glass. And smash <laughs> smushed faces. Like, and lots of smushed faces. <laughs> and then becomes a pile of pus. So my poor Ben. He's got a lot of lines, but you know what? I didn't care. I remember picking this up and what being like, this felt lines. like a movie. This felt like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? Like, oh, that was I, a great issue. I, have I a, love this panel. There's a spread of two pages, and the way that Peter is drawn is really well done. And I, There's no page number, so I can't tell. Oh, there, uh, is. there is. 32, 33. 32, 33. Yeah, I like that. No, it's, and I, I, one of my favorite moments, I remember reading this and being like, holy crap, was when you know Peter Parker's ripping off his mask and ripping off Norman's mask and be like, no more masks. You were right earlier. The shots this of is, Norman are great with the shadows on his face. Yeah. He's kind of gone. You know, and it just, this just made it very personal this was peter and norman yeah and uh it was just fantastic and yes it had really throwaway death of ben riley which is sad uh but it was just a really fun great issue he's the worst death he gets impaled from behind <laughs> and then on the way down he doesn't he explode no or is that, that's what happens to goblin you know, someone he, explodes he, uh, goblin does goblin okay explodes, but yeah. no he drops onto a car window and then the car yeah. explodes like everything blown out and of then the glass of course shatters yeah. into him and, and I remember, like, there's this house ad at the last page, which is the return of the true, one true Spider-Man. Yeah. And I remember seeing that house ad and being like, I don't even buy Spider-Man right now, but there I want to. There are a lot to. of people who were relieved to see that. Yeah, so it was, no, really, really good. And my only other uh, special mention was the original Clone Saga. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 139 to 150. Uh, which is just fun, kooky, 70s weirdness. Mm-hmm. you got the original Jackal, who's basically an old man who's a professor running around in his skin-tight suit. I'm surprised that you don't have, as an honor mention, any of those drug comics. Um, Almost. <laughs> no, those are really good, too. I love those. They're not really good. Oh, sorry. I meant Amazing Spider-Man 96 to 98, the first. No, I mean the special oh, edition. The special my Spider-Man dad brought home subs- the OPP yeah. office for me, like yeah. Spider-Man doesn't do drugs. Yeah. With, like, Vapora. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Well, that's the Daredevil one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I, I, I have the trade upstairs. That's it's gasoline. Spider-Man. Don't sniff gas. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man fights it. substance abuse. It's a great yeah. trade. Um, there's the... It's terrible. Doesn't he go see the Oilers or something? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. Uh, he also sees the Blue And they, they hid the drugs in the pucks. 
Is that what it was? Got, I think that's what uh, it was, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyone else have any other closing comments about Spider-Man? Or? No, because I gotta go. Well, you have to go, but <laughs> thank you for ruining it, Paul. Um, I guess that well, we've covered our, our top fives. Yeah, I guess everyone also has an idea of how we feel about Spider-Man. Amber's more a little more casual about her, uh, him. I fell out of love with the comics after uh, One New Day, Brand New Day. One more day. Uh, one more day. Well, and Brand New Day. Any day. Um, and Paul's a current reader, and you're a current reader. Yeah. yeah. I go back, I guess, a little I farther. You like Wolverine. Oh, I was going to throw that at That's my closing Wolverine comments. top five would be... I love Wolverine. Anyway, he's a mess. <laughs> well, th- thanks again for uh, listening to Comic Shenanigans. Uh, if you want to drop us a line, uh, you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook now, and we look forward to getting your feedback and finding out what your top five Spider-Man stories are. Thanks once again for listening to Comic Shenanigans. Bye.